Hello. Yes. Hi. Good morning. Super dope. Thursday morning. So I wanted to have this out on Wednesday, like these shows are supposed to come out. But um, two things. Really long episode this week. Me and Anthony Gramulia from CBR and the Pumpkin Core Horror Movie Podcast uh, sat down and talked all about all the Marvel news, all the Star Wars news. And uh, it's about two hour chat. We, we went for almost three hours the other night. But uh, so also right around the same time we sat down to do that, some leaks came out about the upcoming uh, arc. I won't say upcoming chapter, but upcoming arc uh, for uh, Dragon Ball Super. So um, I posted about it in the Roshi Secret Stash group. And apparently people um, thought it was a joke. Uh, it's not a joke, <laughs> um, but I can understand why you would think that. Um, it is called the Granola, the Survivor Arc. Granola, the Survivor Arc. Granola, except it has two L's, so it's not quite food. Um, I was talking to Van Dan, and he's like, so they're just going for straight up food puns then? Just, you know, unapologetically across the board? Like, we get it, it's always been about food, but just random food and I said yeah Toriyama's sitting up in his goddamn Dragon Ball Tower somewhere counting all his Dragon Ball money being like what are those Dragon Ball nerds gonna buy next name it Granola also there's like a big snowstorm going on so if you hear like snow blowers or shoveling or plows going by disregard that shit anyway um, basically what has come out about these arcs of uh, this arc that will be starting in February. So we won't be seeing, presumably we won't be seeing uh, much, if any of this stuff in this upcoming chapter for December. And I wonder what January will look like, but um, basically it's a V jump scan uh, and a, a trans translation of the text. So I'm going to read you that text uh, right now before we kick off the full episode with Ant, just so that way you know what's going on and you're up to date and, you too could be perplexed as to why we're about to have a thing called the Granola. Anyway, Dragon Ball Super, a new chapter. The Granola, the Survivor arc. That's what I just said. Uh, the battle is over, but in the shadows. So there's like um, characters speaking throughout this translation. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a thing. Uh, Characters speaking throughout this translation, uh, one of which is Yunba, which is one of those three main villains that helped uh, Moro throughout the duration of this arc, the short little one. Um, Yunba, did you check to make sure he was destroyed? You didn't make sure, did you? A new evil makes its move. That's back to the narration now. Uh, There's a new character off screen who is saying, Oatmeal. That's right, Oatmeal. O-A-T-M-I-L Oatmeal That's the ship, right? And the response to that is That's right Stay sharp, Granola So Granola and Oatmeal Um, A new chapter The Granola the Survivor arc kicks off Continued in the February issue of V-Jump And the Granola the Survivor arc begins (sighs) So yeah Granola and Oatmeal Not a joke Unless it's a very well-coordinated, widespread joke among all of the people who report on Dragon Ball content on Twitter. Which I don't think is the case. Um, 
a little frustrating because it sounds like based off of some of the other parts that may not come across um, in that translation I read, uh, it sounds like these two, oatmeal and granola, um, they're survivors of, uh, we'll say, you know, I guess the gang that was with 7-3 and Yunba. And uh, presumably they are going to try to uh, get 7-3, who is the, um, he's the one that Moro absorbed halfway through the arc. So that way he could tap into all those reserve powers through the power of the crystal and all that. Um, that presumably they'll be able to revive 7-3 and have him be um, at least a part of the next big bad villain our gang is going to be fighting. I'm excited at least a little bit about that because 7-3 seemed to be a little too cool to just lump him in as a piece of Moro. So um, I'm excited to see him a little bit more, but I don't know. Oatmeal and granola kind of mailing it in there. Um, what else? Also, are we not going to see anything about Oob in the next chapter? Um, some of the draft pages did come out for chapter 67, and it's mostly just the gang reacting to Goku's victory. But there is a shot of the Daikaioshin just flying away from Oob, and Oob just looking very perplexed. I'm like, oh, <laughs> all right, that's why we're leaving that? Really? God damn it. <sighs> and I imagine we'll see something with um, the Grand Priest and Whis, maybe not in 67, but maybe that's what chapter 68 is about in January. Um we shall see but yes my friends granola and oatmeal that's <laughs> uh, real so um yeah here comes the conversation with aunt Grimulia. um a lot of fun we do the marvel stuff up front and then we talk about star wars stuff on the back end for a long time uh, if you want an uncut video version of this pod patreon.com slash dragon ball super dope uh, lots of pre-show, lots of po well, not too much pre-show, but lots of post-show, and um, yeah, we're uh, we're making a couple of moves right now with the super dope team in terms of some back-end support. And that's gonna start costing money, so if you want to sign up, feel free. Um, Five dollar tier gets you those audio commentaries from Mandalorian as well. Can't wait to watch that Mandal. I'm probably gonna stay up till three thirty in the morning tonight. For sake of context, guys, it's uh, 7 o'clock in the morning on Thursday, so I'll probably be up for like the next 22 hours straight, except for there's some naps in there probably, so that way I can watch The Mandalorian season finale at like, you know, 3.30 in the morning. Um, all right, enjoy this conversation. I will talk with you guys soon, and uh, yeah, super dope. <laughs> And Dragon Ball Super Dope. So, lots of news in the uh, world of Disney, Star Wars, Marvel, uh, with the Disney investor call last week, and uh, sort of not too much news on the Dragon Ball front. I thought it would make sense to talk about some of this other prevalent, important nerd news that I'm very excited about, and to help us understand the wide breadth of stuff that was thrown at us at this investors call last week by Disney. Um, I've brought, uh, I've contacted my friend Anthony Gramulia from comicbookresources.com and the pumpkin core podcast. Did I say it right? Yes. Pumpkin core horror movie podcast, which is a horror movie podcast where I bring cool people like you 
to talk Ooh. about horror movies. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I love that you, episode. I'm going to think about it again, blast. actually. We have a, I'm thinking of doing something for a Christmas thing sometime soon, hopefully. So I might kidnap you and a few other people to do that. If you guys are open Ooh. to it, of course. So wait a minute. If you do a Christmas episode, is it going to be about Christmas movies or like horror Christmas movies? Are there horror man. Christmas movies? So many horror Christmas movies. Really? In fact, I, I'm, I'm, right, I'm right, right now I'm working on a narrowing down a few for, for an article I'm writing. And even then I had to narrow it down. There was like 20 or 30 good ones. I had to narrow it down to like eight or so. There's dude, some options. I'm it's like, in. Then we do. There's like three black Christmases alone. That and One of them's actually good. <laughs> Never heard of the black Christmas movies. I do not know horror films at all, but. Who Bob Clark is? Wookiees, um, Christmas Story. The the Baby Geniuses movies. <laughs> one of his first movies was a great <laughs> horror film called Black Christmas. Cool. Well, went downhill as time went on. I, you know, I Christmas mean, Story, don't... Black Christmas, yeah, Baby Geniuses. Yeah. So wait, Christmas Story, like the A Christmas Story? Yes, that one. He made horror Christmas movies after the fact. No, he made horror Christmas movies before the fact. It's for one of it. So he did he did Black Christmas in 1973, and then 10 years later, or 11 years later, how much, however much time it was, he did A Christmas Story. Then Damn. 20 years later, he did Baby Geniuses, no, Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2, with John Voight. That and then he like, died. <laughs> that is like the strangest film career of all time, man. And in between, they made the Porky's films, which are just sex comedies, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Bob Clark, RIP, baby. Bob Clark, great, great director. <laughs> well, you let me know, man. Horror, horror Santa Claus films sound like a blast. I'm into that. Hell yeah. Uh, which that. ones did we do? We did we, uh, Evil we, Dead. No, we, we didn't did do Evil, Evil Dead. Ed. No, we did, we did Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods was Dawn mine. Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. See, that's how terrible my horror movie is. Ah, I, I did. We did like a two-hour podcast on the on these movies. I watched them. I took several pages of notes on each of them still can't remember the name of it <laughs> yeah, you and miracle man you guys did a great job on that i might i'm oh, trying to see man. who can try to see who can who can loop, loop into this one I might do like a more than two person anyway we're not talking about my podcast we're, talking we're about not podcast. but if we want to check out my episode with you and miracle man there will be a link in the show notes oh so yeah they will be go check Good it episode. out so um, I feel like it would make sense for us to start off with Marvel stuff, mainly because uh, so much of the Marvel stuff we've already known a lot about, but there was some more details and we got some, you know, some trailers and some, you know, other looks at things. And then Star Wars. Uh, holy oh, so shit, much. man. Like when they came up with the idea a couple of years ago, like, you know, maybe we have Star Wars fatigue. Maybe we need to stop, you know, take a few years off from these ancillary movies outside of the, you know, the trilogy uh, stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, yeah, it's probably a good idea. And then like, what was that? And this uh, happened. <laughs> yeah, a year and a half ago, they're like, well, we're not going to make as many movies, but how about 15 television shows? Basically. So, <laughs> we'll talk about Star Wars in the second half, but uh Marvel news. Kevin Feige had that, you know, 10, 15 minute presentation the other day with all of his trailers cut into there. Um, mm-hmm. So many. I'm excited for all of them. I mean, know I'm, about, I'm like, we know about a lot of them, but I think the thing I was personally most excited about was the, the peak at the Loki trailer. Because um, oh, yeah. we've had the WandaVision thing for a while. I don't feel like Winter Soldier and Falcon showed us too much in terms yeah, of the trailer. Yeah, they were very close to the chest with that one. We know nothing yeah. about it. like we like most of what we know about that film is thanks to like casting choices. Like we know U.S. agents in it. We know 
uh, Zemo is in it. We know um, Sharon Carter's in it, but we don't know what they're doing in the movie. Yeah. And there's a lot of ambiguity that we can assume. We can tell Zemo's going to mess with stuff. You know, U.S. agent's probably going to be the, the government choice for Captain America, and everyone else is, like, saying, no, we're Captain America now, or whatever. But we know nothing about the plot, really. Yeah. Um, division, we know even less about the plot. <laughs> Even though uh, we know it's like a you, you think so? Walking. I feel like so. Wandavision is going to be the first thing to kick off, and that starts in January. I mm-hmm. feel like we have a. De- I feel like I anyway have a decent view into what that it'll at least start. I don't know where it'll end, but yeah, that's it right there. I think. I think that's. I think that's the thing. With 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 Falcon Winter Soldier, we can tell the general plot before it even starts. We can tell it's going to be about. The, it's going to be like a whole battle to see who has the who can who's the next Captain America. Yeah. There's going to be some going to carry the mantle. Whether yeah. you're government approved or not, Falcon, yeah. Sam, given, you know, his position with the Sokovia Accords, I don't imagine is going to be government sponsored, you know, government approved. No, not too popular. So we have a gist, I think. Um, but WandaVision, we know generally what we, they've only let us know. And knowing how, you know, this is going to kind of tie into what ends up happening in Spider-Man 3 and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Oh, in the multiverse madness, I'm sorry. Um, we know really little about what's going to happen. We know they might have a kid, but we don't know if it's going to be Wiccan or if it's going to be like Viz. And that could really determine how the MCU goes forward, depending if it's Wiccan or Viz. Um, we know, or both, for all I know. Or, or I was going to say, are, are those two twins or no? No. Um, it's a little, it's the children of under Maximov and the Vision are just a mess. Um, Wiccan was created. <laughs> Very, very much longer before Viz was. Viz is a more recent character, or at least came into prominence more recently. Okay. She's um, she's kind of more like she takes more after her father. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Whereas Wiccan takes place more takes takes after more after her uh, his mother, um, except for the being gay part. Um, <laughs> but you know he's, I think honestly I'd prefer to see Wiccan because he's just a really I like the character a lot and I like him and Hulkling. I think they're a really good combination. But um, we don't know anything about the movie, about the series. Like, well, how is? I mean, this is what I kind of view, and and you know, I don't know how much of this may or may not be obvious because I mm. follow uh, enough of these, you know, YouTube pages who do nothing but speculate on this type of thing. So maybe I've yeah. kind of just curated my own canon as to how I expect this to go. But mm-hmm. um, I, I imagine you know, post uh, Avengers Endgame, she's lost Vision. She probably you know does not able to bring him back you know, through the snap, she's dealing with that. Maybe she held on to that sort of uh, hope over those five years that she'd be able to get vision back after this was all said and done. It's not the case. She maybe devolves into whatever kind of mental state she does to the point where she manifests this other reality, you know, wherein she has a vision, her vision back with her. Um, But I don't know what that manifests into like the actual world around her but mm. it's going to cause her to have to quote unquote like run away and you know kind of restart this life with vision all over again and what that takes the form of are these different you know television um formats you know sitcom kind of yeah setups um and eventually it seems and i through i forget what the um obviously um Kristen han is that her name Agatha, um, uh, she's yeah. an, she's another sorceress type who's down with Mordamu. I want to say Mordamu. Uh, no, uh, Baron Mordo and Dormammu. 
Dormammu. See, I got my fucking mm. vowels mixed up there. Um, <laughs> too many different names. Too many too similar now sounding names. And and, yeah. and, and Mordo was going to be a role in Doctor Strange anyway. So it Plus, I also think I rolled in a Portuguese word into there too. Happens uh, a lot. More, <laughs> more <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, Portuguese stuff happens. Anyway, no, no. she's gonna have some kind of way to like, I don't know, amp up whatever the heck's going on around Wanda to the point where, you know, uh, the last trailer showed like action scenes, agents coming in around them with guns, trying to, rest- I don't know, if restrain her is the right word, but you know, get in there, contain it's- her. Mm. And at some point, it'll rip some fabrics in, in the interdimensional multiverse stuff. Doctor Strange will pop in for the last episode and be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing over here? <laughs> he'll mystic bitch slap Agatha Kristen Hahn right out the way. And then she will be a decent char- uh, chunk of probably the beginning of maybe the whole movie of Multiverse of Madness. It sounds like she's going to be a co-star. What I'm wondering, though, is more the specifics. So, like, I don't want to take up too, too much time talking about this one because we're going to find no, out man, in, I'm like, down. literally a few weeks. <laughs> like, it's literally yeah, a couple weeks true. away. No, let's get the let's get the uh, predictions on record now so that way if they yeah. turn out true, they'll be like, wow, those guys were so smart. They know everything. I better tell my, all my friends about it. My hunch is it's going to be as that one is going to be the pure antagonist and protagonist of the series, kind of spurring on all the, all the problems entirely. Even um, Agatha, I think, will be kind of like, more of a figure of she'll be an antagonist in the sense she's trying to that she's the best equipped to stop Wanda but okay. not trying to spur her on I think it's entirely a story about letting go and grief um that's my theory anyway but I'm not positive and that's the thing with most of the things I'm going to say later on I'm more positive about it with one division I'm positive about nothing because it could be a house of M thing or maybe the building of the house of M I have no idea I hope not because of his own like more than just one i mean that's that's a big event <laughs> so so house of m is no more mutants right yeah well that culminates in that but so what, that, she I, w- I would have to imagine it's like they have to bring in the mutants first i could see it as an opportunity to bring in the mutants almost seamlessly yeah that's what it could be also the thing about house of m that's weird is that um the way house of m works in before the no more mutants part because everyone remembers that everyone remembers no more mutants they forget the the preceding element to it, which is, you know, this ideal world for Wanda Maximoff. Um, but again, that's follows Avengers disassembled, which is another complicated story where Wanda destroys the Avengers and, you know, kills Vision, <laughs> essentially. Um, so there's a lot of complicated elements that just don't, which I want to see how they turn out. Um, again, because it's Wanda Maximoff, I'm never going to say oh hey it has to be this way it has to be that way because it's nothing is ever certain with her she's a very elusive character uh, conceptually but loki actually looks way more fun <laughs> i think it does you. too loki I'm looks really like it's going to be that. a blast tom hiddleston is just i don't know a very like i have the worst crush on elizabeth olsen and mm-hmm. that little shot of her and her like her bad uh scarlet witch shot on halloween uh, in that costume that they got during the Halloween sequence, oh. she's doing a little dance. I'm like, oh, I love you so much, Elizabeth Olsen. You're adorable. But oh, yeah. I also kind of feel that way about Tom Hiddleston sometimes. Fuck yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Fuck yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, no, hell yeah. The um, Do we know the the chronological order in which she shows are going to be released? So I know Wanda's in January. What is Falcon, Falcon Winter, Winter Soldier, Soldier is March. March, yes. which is and- interesting because for some reason I, I thought it was going to be later. But uh, it's... Almost like we're gonna have 
a Marvel show on almost every week, right? That's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> yes, yes and no. So what's going to happen is there each each season each so far um Loki so one division Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki are each six episodes in length. Oh, six each. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not I thought eight. that they were eight. Nope, not eight, six. Yeah, I, I thought so too, but I had to double check to make sure. I, I've, I've had to write about these enough times. So and do, look and do we again. know how long each six, each of those six episodes are? Um, I think comparable to how long the Mandalorian episodes are. So Mandalorian's been confusing me this year because I remember most of those <laughs> very inconsistent. I remember most yeah. of for the first season being like in the forty to fifty. I believe that there was one episode that clocked in near an hour in the first season. I haven't checked, but w- whatever. Some of these, I'm like, 31 minutes. What the hell, man? No, that's about how long the Mandalorian were, too. It's just like the like the episode with where they introduced Cara Dune, for example. Um, that was only like, I think, like 30 minutes, 35 minutes. It wasn't very long. So strange. It, it, Not it, long it, enough. No, God, no. That's a problem. <laughs> wanting more is probably the rule there. I get yeah. it. I figured the last episode will be the longest of the season. I'm hoping so because it feels like yeah. there's so much that needs to be like done. <laughs> I mean, unless they just kill the kid, but who knows? Um, we're not going to talk about that yet. <laughs> no, I would be, I would be very surprised if they do that. But also, Dude, it would kind of fall in line with everything they've done this year, though. I would, like, you know what? I would if they if they kill Grogu in the last episode, I'm gonna be like, well, shit. They probably <laughs> That's won't. 2020 summed up. Yeah. Seriously. I said that to somebody cap earlier. Off. I'm like, would you imagine, could you imagine Disney killing off Baby Yoda at the end of this shitty ass year? Just as like a final no. fucking send off. <laughs> be some. Anyway. Be some. Um, so yes, Wanda in January. WandaVision in January, Falcon and Winter Soldier in March. That means Loki, Loki is in May. in May. And then What mm-hmm. If is over the summer. We're not sure which month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then September... Something like that. That's going to be Miss Marvel, I think. I think it's going to be sometime. If they keep the trend going, most likely it's going to be July's What If, and then uh, Miss Marvel is like September. But the thing with um, with, uh, What If is it has a different episode length. As far as I know, What If has um, about What If. I'm just going to double check this right now. You're going to double check your own article on CBR.com? No, I haven't written this yet. (laughs) I'm just checking the Wikipedia page. I'm just checking the internet. I'm just checking the uh they actually have not announced I don't think how many episodes it is. Okay, no, they have. So um the first season is gonna consist of ten episodes. Okay. And then it's gonna be a follow-up of ten more episodes shortly after that. Um though that being said, it's um uncertain when these seasons seasons will come out. And again, it makes sense. They're gonna do it like bit by bit by bit. From there, however, the schedule gets wonkier and harder to determine because there's just so many um, shows they announced for Disney Plus. Um, well, just for the Marvel side of things, I mean, Miss Marvel. Oh no, we're be... just talking about Marvel. Yeah, <laughs> just talking about just... Marvel right now. So I think we know that some of the new things that were announced that we were surprised about because most of the things that we've talked about to this point, even the Miss Marvel show, like we knew that those were on the radar. We knew that those were in production. Yeah, um, the same with Moon got... Knight. Same with She Hulk. 
yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We were all very aware of those things. Um, Hawkeye, the th- also. The things. Oh, yeah. Hawkeye's at the end of this year. That's I the get, show that I was forgetting about. I get about. some uh, Kate Bishop in there, Mom. That, I'm excited. Yeah. For. And it, like they're very evidently building towards trying to make a young Avengers team and having that be, you know, the next Avengers um, oh, yeah. big movie event. Like, Almost although Spider Man 3 is suited, not, uh, not an Avengers level event, but. Spider Verse. Dude, gotta get the Spider Verse in there. So many of them. Like... Supposedly, the the new thing is they want to bring in the what I've been hearing. This is not confirmed, so it, it's not a confirmation. Brain but assault. the but there's reports that uh, um, what's his name, Willem Dafoe and Thomas Hayden Church are coming in for costume fittings. So Thomas Hayden Church is Sandman, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. So Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina together and that would have been fine i'm just here's what i'm worried like overwhelming we're we're getting all hyped right like Mm -hmm. who knows who the real like uh, you you could bring in willem dafoe and fucking sandman and just have them be you know as part of like a flashback sequence and yeah you know have a couple of uh, uh, like one or two scenes quick scenes and reshot I would love for Willem Dafoe's, because uh, that's the other thing too. In that Raimi universe, he's dead. So yeah, you know who knows how this whole thing culminates and comes together. I'm excited for Spider Man, but so much of that is gonna have to happen first in Wandavision or start in Wandavision, kind of get Buckwild in Multiverse of Madness, and then it goes to Spider Man, or is it Spider Man nope. first and then Multiverse of Madness? There you go, Spider Man first, then Multiverse. Bye. The rumor is also that they wanna, as that because Sam Raimi's doing Multiverse of Madness, that they might. Sam Raimi might have uh, had some creative input on what happened in Spider-Man Three to lead into, to, you know, Spider to, Sup- to Superman <laughs> to Doctor Strange, um, to maybe incorporate some of his own universe into it. But that's the rumor. There's no confirmation that Tobey Maguire might be in that movie, but there are rumors that Doctor Strange might feature some hints of Tobey Maguire. But that's more speculation and rumor, not really concrete. We'll know more for sure once they start filming uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, we'll see who shows up on the set at that point. But um, those are all things that, you know, we've known about for a while. But speculation obviously always runs rampant on those things. The things that were announced, I think for the first time, at least Mm -hmm. this was the first time I was aware of them. um, The Ironheart show. Yep, that's new. The Armor Wars show with Don Cheadle. Completely unexpected. Which sounds like it's going to be dope. I mean, I Don Cheadle as the anchor for the show doesn't, because so much of what works is for him is Rhodey is like, he's like not very cool. Like he thinks he's going to be the cool guy on the team, but he's not cool. Like okay, that's not why I'm excited for Armor Armor Wars. Though. Well, the story itself is dope, but he he's just not somebody I'm sold on anchoring a series around. Like who else mm. is going to be in it? But Who's he going to be working with? Well, here's the thing. Um, the Armor Wars storyline. I'm not going to go into a diatribe on this too long, but do it. So one, I'm hopefully Ironheart happens before Armor Wars because he can set Riri Williams up to play a role in, in Armor Wars because that'd be kind of cool. Um, but the concept of the Armor Wars storyline in the comics is that Iron Man realizes that his uh, rival, business rival and villain Justin Hammer has bought the design, has stolen his designs, and sold it to other supervillains. So Iron Man has to go around the world basically. And bust up guys who are wearing Iron Man suits. Um, and this is like a lot of Iron Man regulars like Crimson Dynamo, Titanium Man, uh, Firepower. Um, but, you know, 
those characters haven't really appeared previously in any Iron Man material. But someone who has appeared previously, who is in that description, is Justin Hammer, as played by the great Sam Rockwell in Iron mm-hmm. Man 2. So this means that Sam Rockwell can come back into a show and be a main antagonist for like six episodes, just ant chewing scenery. I am down for yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, no, that down. would be great. I mean, he was one of those better parts of that movie for sure. Oh, yeah. and, that movie was not good, but he was and, one of the best parts of it. He's one of those he's one of those few villains that they had the foresight or, you know, foresight or just happenstance, who knows, but um they didn't kill him at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Thank God. So, there's a few returning bad guys in the Disney Plus shows. You have like Zemo coming back in uh in Falcon Winter Soldier, you got Abomination coming back in She Hulk. Right, I forgot Abomination even existed in this universe, oh, yeah, but I'm happy Tim Roth is on board to do it. Oh hell yeah, I'm I'm glad too because he was he'll be fun. I, I can't wait to see him in that movie with She Hulk. I hope it's like a, a legal drama. <laughs> I yeah, hope, I mean, I, I hope like no one ever fights. It's just like entirely just the Hulk in a court in a courtroom with like a business suit on. Well, I think that is one thing new that they teased about She-Hulk was that they may, you know, because it's illegal or set in that kind of world, um, the you, never know who, you never know who you may bump into, you know, in the courtroom, basically, alluding yeah. to there may be some kind of other um, high profile lawyer type she may bump into. If we get Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock in the MCU, I'm all over that as well. Well, he's already coming in. That's the rumor, anyway. He's going to be in Spider-Man Three, but if he's already there, and then She-Hulk, because we need more of those avocados at Law in that series. It's just it's just necessary. I just want to see <laughs> Matt Murdock and uh, you know freaking She-Hulk go at it in the courtroom. It'd be great. Right. Um, but there's other shows too. That Do are... we know when She-Hulk comes out? No, we have no idea. We know it's okay. probably 2022. Do we think we it'll be before less. Spider-Man Three? When do we know when Spider-Man Three is coming out? Yeah, it's coming at December of this upcoming year. It's like a full right. year from, like almost, almost a year from when we're recording this, actually. So, so oh not my likely. God. So, WandaVision is going to conclude then, like at the end of February, probably, kind of around there. And Roughly. the events of WandaVision are going to lead into Spider Man three, presumably. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have to wait ten goddamn. Ugh. <sighs> Wild. All right, fine. I'm done complaining about that part. Uh, the other thing that was announced that we have not touched on yet, which a I few, think, but yeah, are, I think um, the quick ones. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I just want Chris Pratt to make fun of the Star Wars holiday special in a high the budget fashion. Time. The entire time. That'll be dope. And, and they're filming that simultaneously alongside Guardians of the Galaxy part, uh, Volume Three. How many musical numbers do you think will be in the Guardians uh, holiday special? At least three. I was going to say two, three times. but three, okay, works. Rule three, three works. rule three. <laughs> okay, you're right. The rule of three, you're right. There's got to be a dance-off. Yeah, there better be a fucking dance-off. Uh, also, a uh, number of times Drax will try to become invisible. You will, going, he will, I'm just going with the once. He will question the existence of Santa Claus every, <laughs> every second. <laughs> you have many questions yes. about reindeer. <laughs> and yes. the physics behind it. Oh, my God. So they like carrots? And these large wooden things on their heads, these are weapons. They've they've learned how to defy gravity. I could do that. (laughs) So they fly the fat man's sleigh. They can figure this out. I could figure this out as well. Call me the fat man. Give me a sleigh. I could be. That's a Mel Gibson movie right there. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right. Batman, so no, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. They're also doing an I Am Groot like short animated stuff. No, I think, okay. I think it's live action. I think it's just like a series of like brief shorts. I don't think any of them are animated except for What If. Okay. Um, the other one, the big one anyway, is The Secret Invasion with mm-hmm. Nick Fury and Talos. Oh, excited! Uh, from Captain Marvel, so um, I'm guessing this is going to be, um, you know, the Sword series. Uh, mm. What is it? Sentient World Observation. It's sword. <laughs> it's Space Shield. That's all I'm gonna it's call space it. Space Shield. Yeah. Space Shield. Sentient, sentient World Observation. I can't think of what the yeah. R stands for. Whatever. Yeah, that uh, that was a mess. <laughs> yeah, they they're very even even Shield Strategic Homeland and pl- like I can't even do it Enforcement then, and Logistics Division. Even then, Shield changes its name over time. Like that's not yeah. the original name for Shield, which exactly. is hilarious, which is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, well, back in the day of of Nick Fury looking like a eye patch, David Hasselhoff. Off the off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slightly different name than when uh, we, we got it in the MCU. So what do you think the Sam Jackson show is going to look like, man? Do you think it's going to be current day MCU stuff? Do you think it's going to be like him setting it up from the time of Miss Marvel back in the 90s to the present? Or No, I think it's going to be that... present day. Because okay. they, they, they show that, you know, Talos is on Earth pretending to be, pretending to be, that, pretending to be Nick Fury. So I figure what you're going to see is... um him just uh continuing that like kind of espionaging maybe him pretending to be a scroll and the scroll pretending to be nick fury and going back and forth and like and i'm sure there'll be a few superheroes who are replaced by scrolls uh, during this season who they will reveal to be um scrolls I, I i would be shocked i would say like hawkeye is a good contender for that or you might see uh marvell show back up again or something like that someone established or you'll see Iron Man show back up again and all of a sudden like be why why is Tony Stark here? Oh, he's a scroll. That's why. Or something like that. Interesting. Well, that'll be weird to see. Mm. Um you know what I'm kinda um now that I'm thinking about that, you just brought up that Tony Stark thing and the fact that we're about to see, you know, three different versions of Peter Parker within the same movie when they Mm -hmm. all kind of look vaguely alike. Um, did you hear about and I think this is more. This has nothing to do with the announcements for last week, but no, I know what you're gonna um, say though. Tom Cruise, John yeah. Krasinski as alternate versions of Tony Stark and Captain America. I've been hearing about that. Yeah, that's what I think is gonna happen. They're probably gonna have them as like brief cameos because the rumor is they want to do just. And that's go, for go multiverse. Bonkers. They've said that, right? Yeah, it, multiverse madness because you can't afford Tom Cruise for Disney Plus. He's he's not gonna. He's just not going to show up. You're right. but <laughs> He you will give show him up a, for a blockbuster. If, exactly. You give him a cameo in that movie and you say, hey, we want to make another Iron Man movie. How do you feel? How do you feel about that? He will probably only doing? agree to it if he can almost die making it. If he puts yeah, his life at risk in some... Like, yeah, I'll do it. Just make me a real Iron Man suit and fly me into the sky. No, he doesn't even ask them to make him a real Iron Man suit. He shows up to (laughs) set with his own real Iron Man suit because he's like down with Elon Musk or somebody who's got the access to that kind of technology. He is out of his mind. Uh, He's a genius, but he's out of his mind. Yeah, genius is a little... uh, Yeah. Well, because he's a genius because... He's a genius because he knows how to survive insane stunts. He's not, I wouldn't say he's like a brilliant person. He like knows a how to survive, incredibly lucky, 
I mean, yeah. he definitely trains and practices a ton. It's not like he yeah. just free balls this shit out of the out of the gate. But I mean, to be fair, he's a genius for figuring out the fountain fountain of youth. Guy's like in his sixties, like, yeah. and he looks like he's still like early forties. Like he's you know, doing I'm real something. tired of people accusing our eighty plus year old politicians of drinking the platelets of young children, and nobody accusing Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's going to accuse him? We all know he does it. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of accepted at this point. Yeah, we're just like, well, he's still gonna make another Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, that kid's an orphan anyway. Okay. That's the America liberals want. <laughs> um. All right. The only other thing I don't think we've missed anything else except they officially announced a Fantastic Four movie directed by Spider-Man: Homecoming and Far From Home director. Mm-hmm. John Watts. You know, I'm sure Peyton Reed's upset he isn't the director, but I think this is a good choice. I think he's going to do a great job. I think, um, I think John Watts, especially if you've seen his pre-Spider-Man movies, like Clown, uh, he could do whatever he wants. He could do in- intense horror. He can do family-friendly fantasy. Uh, he's got this. Uh, and he's got the dynamic of people being people down. And that's the thing that Fantastic Four needs. You need the human element. Um, because if you lack that human element, it's just another superhero team. It's Marvel's it- first family. And I mm-hmm. think that's what makes so much of them an interesting team to watch is that they're not like just thrown together by happen happenstance, you know, some kind of random circumstance. They're a family. Yeah. And the thing that makes me really happy is that the guy who brought us Vulture is going to bring us Dr. Doom. And you need to make your villain, if you're going to have a good villain, you need to have someone who can write a good villain. And I think two for two, Vulture and Mysterio are two of Marvel's best, the MCU's best villains so far, in terms of just being compelling antagonists. So I think he's got, hopefully knocks out the park with Doctor Doom or whoever's the bad guy in Spider-Man 3. Well, that was one other thing, too. I mean, so much of, um, I think, some of the questions revolving around the MCU since Endgame is like, Who's going to be this next, you know, Thanos level big bad that spans a threat over multiple movies? And a lot of people's mind goes to Galactus. But yeah, they just announced Kang is going to be in Ant Man 3. And some people are like, oh, what do you mean Kang is going to be wasted in Ant Man 3? I'm like, dude, do you think Kang the Conqueror is really going to be like all sewn up and done by the end of Ant Man 3? (laughs) I don't think that's possible. And even then, it's only begging the question of if it's going to be bumping into Kang. Because there actually looks like they're teasing Kang in the Loki trailer. This is like this is not. I'm not the first one to come up with this theory. This is a well-established theory. Really. But um, if you look at the um the time displacement guys in the Loki trailer, they have like these big statues, like these big big statues in the trailer. Like these like they look like you, you can assume oh they're like important people to this organization or in history. Some fans have speculated that one of them looks like King the Conqueror. It's like a headset. looks kind of like King the Conqueror's headset. And what some fans are thinking is, hey, listen, maybe this is, um, this is like a statue of King. That's the rumor anyway. But nothing's, nothing's sure. Nothing's certain. No one's positive. No one knows for sure. But it would make sense that King the Conqueror would be honored by these interdimensional guys. Oh, yeah, especially given, like, so much of um, what that Loki series is aimed to be about. And forgive me, because I don't know how much we talked about pre-show and how much we talked about once we hit record, but 
um what is it the time the tva yeah is, uh what's going to be at the at the helm of that loki show which is going to give them the ability to have you know multiple loki's different iterations of loki's i think mm. the big one of the big catches that a lot of people caught was um there's a there's a shot of of a woman sitting in a throne uh, like kind of like side profiles her almost from behind and some people thought oh my god that might be black widow back from the dead as a loki or something and it's like nah it's just it's just lady loki but my point yeah. bringing all of that is uh up is if it's going to be like this interdimension interdimensional stuff i mean it's super easy to work king the conqueror into that it, easily just have him be the central figure and have that be a soft lead into or or not even be a soft lead into it could be completely separate and independent of Ant-Man but you bump into him again in the next Ant-Man movie Ant-Man you know escapes with his life whatever the fuck and he's like the uh the 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 bringer of bad news the harbinger harbinger, harbinger yeah harbinger the harbinger of bad news yeah he's the he bringer keep... of bad news <laughs> he brings bad shit and this thing you got to keep in mind, too, like, Loki was the bad guy in Thor before becoming the Avengers villain. So, in Thanos appeared as a bad guy in Guardians of the Galaxy before becoming the big bad of the entire continuity. So, it's not like just because Kang will show up that... And there's no guarantee that Ant-Man will even beat Kang. <laughs> you know, there's not saying no, that... No, I mean, just, Kang escape, uh, Kang, he bumps into Kang in the quantum realm or whatever, or... The other realm, the other end of a quantum realm tunnel gets the crap kicked out of him, escapes back, and he's like, hey, guys, hey, hey, Avengers that don't really exist anymore. We've got mm-hmm. a, a Thanos-level threat we need, to, we need to address. And one great thing about Kang also, we mentioned before how they're building up the young Avengers, right? So, you know, you got Wiccan probably going to be in, in WandaVision. You got Stature, you know, uh, Cassie Lang. You got Kate Bishop. You got possibly Hulkling. Not a few other guys. One of the founding members of the Young Avengers is Iron Lad. Iron Lad is a young Nathaniel Richards, a.k.a. King the Conqueror. The Conqueror. Fantastic Four focuses on the on Reed Richards, the great ancestor of King the Conqueror. Everything seems to be gearing up to Kang in some way or another. So I think you're going to be seeing a lot of that. Yeah, man. So, all right. Let's just drop the Loki. I, we've talked entirely more about this than I've expected, but we were going <laughs> yeah. to, but I, that's totally fine. But let's just drop the Loki thing. If Kang shows up in Ant-Man 3, mm-hmm. whatever fashion he does, Ant-Man 3 is obviously happening before a Fantastic Four movie with John Watts. We don't know for sure. We don't know when they're coming out. I think, let me see if I have the release date here uh, for Ant-Man 3. Ant-Man 3 comes out. Uh, that's going to come out. Now it's something, <laughs> something that Ant-Man 1 came out. That's not what I want, that's not what I want to know. Uh, sure. Except, um, they're gonna, they haven't even started filming yet um, this. But it sounds as though it's going to be coming out sometime 2022. Okay. Filming 2021. Fantastic Four is probably going to be coming out around the same time. 2022 i think it's gonna come out that same year or so they could be like in very close pro like almost how captain marvel was the lead into or like that in the middle piece to to end game or was it no not end game um to infinity war 
Yeah. So Captain Marvel kinda... came out in March. Infinity War came out in May. It could be a similar kind of setup, whether Ant-Man comes out, you know, March, say Fantastic Four comes out in May or June or vice versa. I think it'd be more interesting to get the tease of Kang in Ant-Man 3 and then mm. have a Nathaniel Richards. Well, I mean, what do you think? Here's actually you... the whole schedule so far. I just looked it up. Phase, phase four. It's Black Widow, May 7, 2021. Shang-Chi, July 9th, 2021. Eternals, November 2021. Spider-Man 3, December 2021. Doctor Strange, March 2020, March 2022. Then Thor, that May. Black Panther, that July. Captain Marvel 2, that November. Ant-Man 3, possibly sometime in that time frame. And... Um, Somewhere on there, it's Fantastic Four and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Jeez. It's man. a massive, massive list. Uh, Fantastic Four will probably be 2023 at this rate. But we're thinking Ant-Man 3 would be first. I don't know. Either yeah. way, I was going to say, you know, you get Kang the Conqueror to be um, something that you bump into in Ant-Man 3, and then you get, like, the seeds of Nathaniel Richards hinted at in the first Fantastic Four movie. But that doesn't work because we still need to do some kind of – that, that, was it's it's going to be a period piece thing. You know what I mean? Like that Fantastic yeah. Four movie is probably almost definitely going to be set in the 60s. And like they get stuck in the space, whatever the fuck, and it ties them through the quantum realm and they get well, free. That was, and, well, that's funny is that well, was the Peyton Reed realm pitch. Thing. That was the Peyton Reed pitch. And now Peyton Reed's working on Ant-Man. So that's the interesting part. The Peyton Reed pitch for Fox was originally, it was going to be a, a period piece in the 60s with some timey whiny stuff in the mix. Peyton Reed is now working on Ant-Man. Which introduces he's not the still working on Ant-Man, is he? Is he? He's done every Ant-Man film. No, Peyton Reed, he's done every Ant-Man film. He's doing who did he replace? Too. Who did he replace? Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. That's what yeah. I'm thinking of. Okay, my yeah, bad. Yeah. No, yeah, if Edgar Wright was working on this, he'd be a very different movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. So maybe, I mean, you don't think that could factor into... That sounds like the perfect pitch, pitch to me. Maybe I've heard that pitch in the I past. Think, here's the thing. A lot, that's the big. That's what a lot of people want, want the movie to be. I think it's going to be Fantastic Four. Might do some 1960s stuff. Because I think you need more to expand the universe of the past, I feel. But I think what's going to end up happening is you're going to see the seeds of, of King the Conqueror. But you're going to focus on Doom or the Negative Zone in the first Fantastic Four film. I think... Kang the Conqueror won't really be a factor until later on, or the, the Richards family, because you got because 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 Nathaniel Richards is a comes from the comes from the thirty first century, you know he's he's far future, so he needs to be established, he needs to be built up, but at least through his actual roots, you're more likely going to find um, a Young Avengers film really fit the uh, build up who Kang really is. I was going to say, like, maybe the Young Avengers film is, is having, because I think that's once Iron Lad does learn, like, who he is, what he comes from, what he eventually becomes in one timeline versus what he is as Iron Lad with the Young Avengers. It's got to be, I think that would make for an interesting movie. Him you, might see King the the, you might see King the Conqueror being the enemy of the Young Avengers, honestly, and have it be yeah. like a whole, my younger self versus my older self. That's going to be fun if they do that. Yeah. Because King does that. That's one of King's things. He keeps fighting his old and young selves, like throughout history. It's fascinating. He's a good, he's a great character. 
Um, yeah, he just I'm pops excited. in on younger self to be like, hey, what's up? I'm you. I'm older you. I'm awesome. Do you want to fuck around and come help me out? And he's like, nah, I don't want to. Older me, you're evil. And I'm still not evil. I'm pure. And then we shall fight. Yeah. And the thing is, it's funny is he kind of, knowing how time works, he probably knows how it's going to turn up because he's already been through this event in his life already. So it's like really weird, like nah, man. existential how can you stuff. Know until he makes that extra, you know, uh, branch timeline. You know, there you like, go. Oh, I, time tra- the way time travel works, thankfully, in the MCU, I'm like, I'm a little, I'm happy it works that way because otherwise it would be way too freaking confusing. I personally don't understand how anything works, but you know no. what? It's comic book logic, which means anything is possible. Hell yeah, it does. Hell yeah, so, it does. So that is a ton of Marvel news. Uh, we spent a little more time than I intended, but you know what? It was a great conversation. I feel like mm-hmm. I learned some things, and I feel like we barely scratched the surface, if I'm being real. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we even touched on how Captain Marvel 2 as Miss Marvel and the other Captain Marvel in the same movie with Carol Danvers. Like, three different Captain, three different Marvels all there. Yeah, Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, and Kamala Khan? No, no, Kamala Khan is Miss Marvel. So you got Carol Danvers, you got Monica Rambeau, and you oh. got Kamala Khan. Excuse Monica me. Rambeau, so, who first shows up in WandaVision. And she's going to be in WandaVision. It all gets mixed up. It's all confusing. Um, there's too many Marvels. <laughs> too many freaking uh, captains. We didn't touch about Captain Marvel. We didn't really touch on Thor, uh, Love and Thunder. Or Blade. Uh, or Blade. Well, how much did we hear? Uh, how, did we hear nothing, anything new no, Blade? Nothing yeah. new. I just want to see yeah. them bring in my boy, Jack Russell, a.k.a. Werewolf by Night. Damn, <laughs> he the best... <laughs> it's just you, you name jack russell you're, you're gonna be a wolf you're gonna turn into a werewolf it's just inevitable <laughs> at that point i feel like maybe we should do the blade movies for your podcast man oh hell yeah i'll be down for that if you watch like blade one and two with my fiance like a few weeks back because she never seen blade so just like i've seen blade we don't watch blade one and two and then forget three exists she's like come on though start so always some clown. What the fuck's the line? Always some, some motherfuckers some clown always trying, trying to us. Some ice skate up hill. Skip, something like that. <laughs> oh man, yeah, we should do this for your podcast. That'd be yeah, a blast. Oh my God. Uh, the Christmas so, episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll do the Christmas episode first, and then we'll do Blade at some point. Maybe I don't know. Some Hopefully. sometime next year. But ton of Marvel stuff. We could easily make an entire you know few podcast episodes on all this news. But oh, let's switch yeah. over to. Star Wars. So Galaxy far, far away, right? <laughs> very far away from where we were just were living in that MCU. Although mm. not really. It's really just like the other side of the lot because Disney owns everything. Yeah. The homogenization of uh, entertainment has is, is in full swing. It's shocking um, how diverse the, the new selection of stuff is considering how homogenized it is because thanks to Disney. It's actually really shocking how many different things we're getting. Do you mean in terms of Star Wars or do you mean in Both. terms of just... Both, honestly. And there's some stuff that Disney announced that was really underrated. Like, really, it kind of got swept under the rug. There was I was going to one... say, one thing that I, did, I didn't throw into the outline when I sent you earlier was they announced a lot of Marvel stuff. They announced a lot of Star Wars stuff. But then they announced a lot of random shit. So what if as a palate qu- cleanser between Marvel and mm-hmm. Star Wars, what was the one project that they announced that you were most excited about that does not have to do with either of those two things? Oh, okay. So this is actually, there's a few contenders. There's Willow, there's all that stuff. But the one that got me the most was, um, I'm the name so I don't mess up the name. Um, it's, uh, okay, so Children of Blood and Bone. That's the one I'm most eager to see. Sounds fucking brutal. It's not. It's a YA adaptation um, from a book, from one of the, this like massively bestseller novel for uh, teenagers. 
um, it's basically fantasy. It, it's heavily inspired by stuff like, you know, I love this. It's heavily inspired by Naruto, heavily inspired Ooh. by a bunch of manga and anime. What makes it very interesting, though, is it's a the author, uh, Tomi Adeyemi, I think her name is, I say it. She's a um, black writer, and she wanted to make a black fantasy series. So the cast of the book is entirely black. It's all very, very different. Heavily, also Black Panther, I guess, is a good point of comparison. Um, it's it's a very interesting book. Uh, it's a series of books, actually. And Lucasfilms optioned it a couple of years ago, uh, a year ago. And I've been kind of wondering, ever since they optioned it, what are they going to do with this? What's going to happen with it? Because in the writing sphere, this book's a big deal. Um, mm. It's uh, very unlike anything else Disney's working on. It's, so I'm excited to see how it turns out. Hopefully it becomes another franchise. I'd love to see that. Interesting. The, there's a couple other ones, too, that look really interesting. There is like a Yemi, I think it is. It's like a live-action um, West African project. Looks really interesting. There is a... Uh, there's a few. There's a few things. Um, the the one where the girl turns into a giant tanuki, that one sounds... Uh, that Pixar's <laughs> working on. That okay. looks kind of cute. Uh, and, of course, you know, everyone's favorite movie sister act is getting a sequel a third one yeah so that I, would be goldberg coming back for that I didn't know that's something that people were asking for but okay oh guys, i'm sure sister sure. act fans i'm glad I'm sure someone's mom was hoping for it <laughs> yeah i'm sure my buddy jonathan in houston is he was a big sister act fan oh there you go so up. i know hold your excitement guys sister act's coming yeah. back um so... oh, Hocus too, I guess. oh i did not realize that they Hocus even Hocus announced Oh yeah, cool. Star Jessica Parker, Bette Midler in the third one. Who's the third mm-hmm. one? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, oh, Alien, Alien, the FX series, Alien, that's coming too. Yeah, so I I watched the first. I watched Alien and Aliens when I was a kid, but I never was super huge into those movies. So sorry, Ant is giving me the worst side eye. For those of you on the Patreon seeing the video right now. You can see how pissed he looks at me right now. Go ahead, Ant. Fan out about this alien thing. I'll give you like a full two minutes. I'll just back up and let you talk. Go ahead. Yeah, not, not really missing much. <laughs> aside, from this, <laughs> aside from the profound disappointment of Alien Resurrection. <laughs> oh, is it so bad that I need to be into the Alien franchise to appreciate how bad well, that movie is? Alien and Aliens, I think, are two of the best science fiction films ever made. Um, objectively. I just think they're just amazing, amazing films. Alien 3. When I first saw it, I was very disappointed. When I see it again, I'm still disappointed, but I still like some of it. Alien Resurrection is garbage, but because it's such garbage, I love it. Is that the one with Danny McBride? Uh, no, that would be... No, actually, you're way off on that one. That's like the... Alien Resurrection is the one with um, Winona Ryder and Von Perlman and... Um, Damn. And Chucky, what's his name? Um, and Worm Tongue. Definitely did not see that one. Brad Dourif. There we go. Okay. That's the, so then you have deep e, cut. You have the two AVP movies, both of which are mixed bags. I think the second one's really bad. Got Prometheus, which is the a story of oh, dumb yeah. people in of, of idiots in really complicated situations. Then there's a sequel to Prometheus, and that's the one with Danny McBride. Got it. Got it. So got it's like it. eight films deep. <laughs> that is a fucking uh, storied canon. So oh, this God, yeah. um this alien, it's a series or yes. what? It's an okay. FX series. 
All we know about it so far is it's being done by the guy who did Legion. Ridley Scott, the original director, is producing. And what we know is it takes place on Earth in the not too distant future. So we're looking at so it's looking like it's gonna be like a like a survival horror thing, more in line with like Hannibal than anything else. So that'd be kind of cool. Interesting. Oh, and you why the last like... man? <laughs> That's another one too. Was is that the Disney thing? Oh, because they, they own Fox. So, FX. yeah. But uh, Why the Last Man's based in the comic. That's been announced for a while, though, right? Oh, it's been development hell for years. So It's been in development hell for years, but like they made an announcement that FXX was – or FX. I, One of those, is yeah. FXX still a thing, or is it just FX I again? Se- I think it's a separate channel. I think it's like FX2 now. I have no Confusing. idea. Confusing. Who cares? I don't watch TV. I just watch I feel TV. like they made that most – I mean, I've never read Why the Last Man, but my dad, it's like one of his top fucking 10, mm. 5 – you know, comic book stories of all time, but um, I, I I know that it's been announced a million times, but I feel like that wasn't a big thing coming out of this. It doesn't matter, okay? It's you've got such, you've got really cultured picks, and you're making no, me feel good. bad. Now, the thing the thing that's odd about Why the Last Man is the time to have made it would have been a few years ago when it was riding its peak, but it's been done for so long. You know, the writing staff has moved on to other projects. Um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's become, it's like, it's odd because I want to see it. It looks like it's going to be great. It's going to renew interest in the comic, but it seems odd not to have started it when the comic was still being published, <laughs> you know? Interesting. Yeah. It just seems odd to me, but whatever. It's going to be great. <laughs> My favorite, uh, non-Marvel or Star Wars thing that was announced is, uh, the Buzz Lightyear movie called Lightyear. Yes, yes. With with Chris Evans as as Buzz Lightyear. Oh my god! As the real Buzz Lightyear. Oh yeah, as god. the actual Buzz Lightyear. Because you got to think like it's like two levels deep. Like it's a movie that a character within the Toy Story universe would go see and subsequently buy a toy of no, no, that it, it, the toy it, is voiced by Tim Allen. <laughs> it's it's like, it's the, inspir- which by the way, even worse, you should have brought in, um, what's his name? I was talking to my fiance about it and they were like, well, what about like the Buzz Lightyear cartoon from like the 2000s when you had a uh, crap, I'm can't believe I'm like his name, Kronk, um, what's his name? Kronk. Patrick Warburton. <laughs> oh, Patrick Warburton did that? Yeah, she been Patrick Warburton in as Buzz Lightyear. Actually. He would have been a pretty, yeah. He would have been perfect for the movie. I was gonna say he would have been a pretty good Buzz Lightyear, but he already was Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, for a while actually. More, he played Buzz Lightyear more often than Tim Allen, if you want. To be yeah, technical. I'm sure he has more audio clocked than Tim Allen does his Buzz. Yeah, I guess Tim uh, Allen had to do make Santa Claus like four or something like that. <laughs> one of my favorite podcasts right now is doing like a breakdown of each of the Santa Claus movies. <laughs> Sunday movies, oh. yeah. Yeah, yeah Sunday movies, that. Weekly Planet. Yeah, if you guys don't watch or listen to the Weekly Planet, you you should listen to the Weekly Planet. I don't think I've ever talked about them on Super Dope, but they're, they're like they're <laughs> no. one of my favorites for sure. They like nonstop entertainment on that one. Plus Australian, you know, yeah. you guys know I love swearing in Australian. Fucking champions. Um, all right, let's do it, man. Star Wars. Star Wars is the reason why we're really here today. Uh, I, I feel like. It would make sense to talk about the movies first, just to get them out of the way. What mm. was announced? We had uh, a Taika Waititi Star Wars project that we know is going to exist at some we point. Really no, we don't know more than that. I'm sure it's going to be most straight edge and most 
normal Star Wars film ever made because Taika Waititi only makes normal films. Very yeah. boring, very dull, nothing too exciting There's there. No imaginary <laughs> Hitlers here. No, no, no. So, and then the second movie is uh, a a Rogue Squadron movie directed by Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, as somebody who played the living shit out of the Rogue Squadron games on Nintendo 64 as a child, I'm pretty excited, but I'm a little like curious as to you know what it's gonna be about (laughs) when is it gonna be set i mean i know what it's gonna be about it's gonna be about a fucking ragtag group of pilots you know doing their thing it's gonna be like a fucking top gun but in the star wars world but what time period is it set in Uh, does it have any proximity to any major star wars uh you know um moments in history moments of star wars history like the battle of yavin or the death star run or uh, those are the same things, I guess. So, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Um, My, what do you What do you think about those movie announcements? I think for for one, I know nothing about Taika Waititi's project. No one knows anything about Taika Waititi's project, which makes me excited except to see him. Yeah, yeah, except for him. Maybe not even him, to be honest with you. And you, might... and you you're right. It could still be like that early in development. But yeah. the one thing you need to know is that he gives a shit. Yeah, Taika Waititi doesn't do things because he doesn't care. Right now, he's doing Thor. You know, I keep wanting to say Love and Thunder. <laughs> no, I keep wanting to say Love and Rockets by accident, which is a totally different um, comic book Thor, project. Love and, th- love and More. That's what I want to call no. it. Because well, Love and Rockets is a very, very good independent comic that's like superb, uh, but also rounded really heavily in realism. I don't um, know if you know this about me, Aunt. I can't read. Yeah, that'd be a bit of a problem if you read uh, Love and Rockets, then I imagine. I <laughs> would. And 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 to be Dragon Ball Amanda too, be a little difficult, I imagine. Hey, they have a lot of pictures, okay? And sometimes it's just like energy beams, and I can I could read energy yeah. beams, okay? Yeah. yeah, don't even worry about it. I got you there. It makes no, Twitter no. difficult to navigate as well, I imagine. But no, so I mean, gain sidetrack. I'm not good at I'm not good at Twitter anyway. That's fair. That's fair. Um, what did I even say? You no. Know, so basically, the whole gist is, um, I have no diff. I have no doubt he's going to be amazing. Um, Hattie Jenkins, consistently great director. Um, Hattie Jenkins, Jenkins has not made a movie I've disliked, um, ever. Everything she's done, I think, is great. Same with, so, same league as Taika Waititi. However, I feel that both are going to take approaches to Star Wars that, um, will be distinct, will be different, will probably take place in a period of time that has not been explored on film yet. Um, and it will probably be controversial because everything with Star Wars is controversial unless it's Dave Filoni making it, basically. <laughs> um, I am worried that Taika Waititi will just not give a shit about the, the rules established and just make up his own stuff, which is great for the audiences of film because it's going to be uh, a fun movie. You like The Last Jedi, don't you? I do. Love it. Yeah, <laughs> you're a dick. Yeah. Ryan Johnson's a dick and you're a dick for encouraging him. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about right there. I think Taika Waititi's film is going to be another Last Jedi scenario. Or it's going to be... You know, I hope Ryan Johnson does, actually. Not Ryan Johnson. You know, I hope that uh, Taika Waititi does. I hope he brings in the rabbit from the Marvel comics. Oh, so I didn't know <laughs> this, that? but the one who hung, hangs out with Han Solo? Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't know this, but they actually have like his skeleton show up as a cameo in, I think, the Solo movie. Oh, my God. I saw yeah. some YouTuber pointed out the other day. I was like, holy shit, I... I mean, I never did not realize movie. that. Did not realize it at all. <clears throat> There's a lot of deep cuts in Solo. Like they bring back uh, Terrace Cassie 
you know, the the uh, from the PS1 game, the Masters of Terrace Kasi. Oh, is it? See, I always say Terrace Ter- Kasai. Oh, crap. You're probably right. It's probably Terrace Kasai. The Iron Fist technique or whatever. Yeah, I always forget how you say that. Yeah, it might be Terrace Kasai, Terrace Kasai however you say it. Yeah, so that, that um, I forget the exact. It's been a while since I've seen Solo, so I forget the exact. Yeah, I could I could afford to watch that again for sure. Yeah, for that alone. Um, they have some deep cuts in that. The um, one thing I didn't like about Solo, I know that Solo's not in our line here, but no, just no. while we're on the subject, the one thing I hated about Solo was all of like the Legend Han Solo stuff that I grew up hearing about, mm. like from my dad who read these big long ass novels. He's like, you know, he freed Chewbacca from slavery. Talk about the Kessel Run. You know, you hear him allude to the Kessel Run in the movies, and you just hear him talk about these things that he did throughout his, you know, multiple appearances. And then you see all of those things happen in the span of like a fucking week. Like yeah. Han Solo just had like a really busy week, and he just tells the stories from that one he, busy week and over and, and over again. That point like, he got in debt to a crime lord. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would like for them to make maybe a follow-up movie for Solo. I, that that kid did a decent enough job, in my he opinion. He was good. Yeah, I think he was. I think you know, it's, it's the problem. You can never really follow up Harrison Ford. You just Ever. you just can't. It's just not possible. They're trying but, to make it work though. All of the, I, we, me and Jimmy went out Christmas shopping today, and we were picking through mm-hmm. some like comic book bundles, and one of the top things was like a Han Solo graphic novel thing, and the 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 image of Han Solo in that book is like, you can tell they're making it on purpose, like a, a blended of Harrison Ford. And I forgot the young actor's name. I forget. Yeah. Aaron. I no, it was, I can it, it the, the one where they talk about him as a cadet, right? That graphic novel. It might've been, I didn't really yeah. flip through it. I just saw the cover of it. Cause it was like bundled up in a fucking plastic thing. Mm. But, um, the it's cover good... of it, you could see like, this is Harrison Ford, but also young hands all at the same time. Yeah, it was a good comic too. If it's if it's the cadet one, I like that one. But um, also, so, yeah. I fluctuate between Han Solo and Han Solo just same. as frequently as the actors uh, in Star Wars. <laughs> no, same, same, and a heartbeat always. So um, two movies to look forward to. <laughs> now there were a ton of shows before we hit record. I said it to you. I'm like, you know, a few years ago. They said, we're going to stop making these ancillary uh, Star Wars films for a little bit, the ones that take place in between you know, the greater trilogy, things like mm-hmm. Rogue One, Solo, uh, Star Wars Story. We're going we're gonna to take a break on those because we don't want to risk Star Wars fatigue. People were already feeling it. And then Disney Plus comes along. The Mandalorian is the greatest thing in a long time. <laughs> and what do they do? They, they announce nine new television shows. They're doing, so a, Star, maybe, they're doing a Star Trek. <laughs> they're doing a Star Trek. <laughs> give me the nine shows. Do you know the nine shows off the top? I actually have them written I down. I have here. them all. You see, you see, listen, listen. I came so prepared. Ant, I Ant is a writer for CBR.com. He's actually been paid to been following all of this stuff for the last couple of weeks. So Basically. he's very well prepared. This is why I have him on as a guest this week. Because somebody I was supposed to interview is still a little too busy to to sit down with me. Uh, and I'll tell you about that after we hang up. But no, uh, totally, hang totally. up after we hit stop on the recording. But um frustrated there for yeah. sure it's well, rough it's, it's a good story though it's oh i, I guarantee story. it's going to be hilarious and i bet all you listeners will want to hear it sorry <laughs> yeah well you know what patreon.com slash dragon ball super check it out tell me yeah. about these uh these one two three four five six seven eight nine okay we're, not go, we're gonna go in i now i have the page open on uh starwars.com i think i'm gonna go into the reverse order of how they mention it because i think we can save the most interesting for last 
This guy was that probably makes sense to do. the worst one out of the way first. Uh, a droid okay. story. Makes sense. Uh, I, it's so much to the point when we were listing these earlier, I forgot that this was even announced. So I'm going to tell you the pitch they have here. So um, it is – so this epic journey will introduce us to a new hero guided by the legendary duo R2-D2 and C-3PO. There is no details on when it takes place in the timeline, who this character is in relation to anyone else, or why we should care. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Of all the characters in Star Wars, no one is more thoroughly explored than C-3PO and R2-D2. There is just, there's no break in their time. They're in all nine movies. All of them. And Rogue One. And, they and had, Rogue One. And they had a cartoon series called Droids back in the 80s. It's like... And oh. it eventually led to that fucking Ewok series. Like, what more do you mm-hmm. want from a C-3PO and R2-D2? Leave us alone. We have given you enough screen time. It got to a point where when they got to, like, the, the sequel trilogy, they... It's clear they're running out of ideas on what to use these guys for. Like to the point where they they had to use R two D two by just shutting them fucking down for half a movie. Yeah, seriously. Like, they, like it's just these characters have been explored to death. We we don't need them in this part of the storyline. We've had like not as the main stars anyway. Having a cameo role or in a background thing, but to make them the center and front and center, it's going to be exhausting. <laughs> but that write-up says they're going to be featured or they're going to be helping another new character, and we have no mm-hmm. idea who it is. And you know, I'm, ho- I'm hoping it's it's something ridiculous. Oh, maybe it'll be fun. Who knows? I you don't... know what I would like to see them do, seeing as they're borrowing so much from this canon right now or this you know period of time, um, and a few different things they're doing: movies, Mandalorian, uh, that time when they uh, made the Dark Forces video game. Okay. I think Kyle I think Kyle Katarn is a character they've since reused to like in one of the Jedi games, right? On one of the later consoles. Yeah, Kyle Katarn they used a few different times. He's been he's occurred a lot in Legends. I don't know if he's popped up in the current canon at all, but they're bringing back everyone in the um in the expanded canon into this. They're bringing back so many characters, so it wouldn't shock me if they bring back Kyle Katarn as well. I mean the other thing too to consider about this droid series is it could take place. The one interesting thing about all these announcements, actually, while we're on this thought, mm-hmm. I was going to say it could take place after this current trilogy, but none of these announcements, none of them seem to be within the most recent trilogy with Ray, Finn, and Poe. Mm-hmm. They don't seem to be taking place afterwards. I'm, I don't want to say maybe they're going to do a, a rewrite and kind of write those out of existence. Mm-hmm. Because Ryan Johnson derailed the whole goddamn thing because he's a fucking self-centered prick. Not gonna prick. happen. Not gonna happen. Um, what I think you don't the thing think so? is, I don't think it's gonna happen. No, I think what I think they're doing is they're exploring the points between trilogies more because there's just more expansion to do that in. You know, like Rogue Squadron may take place during the original trilogy, but I don't think you're gonna see anything that takes place inside the trilogy for a while because there's just no, there's just so many, so few places you can insert something. Sequel trilogy, especially that takes place over the course of like three years. So where could you fit something in the middle of that? What I think you're going to see happen is you're going to see a lot of shows build up to the sequel trilogy because it's like 30 or 40 years of time in that time span you can fill in. So I think you can look I mean, at a yeah, lot of shows. Mandalorian's already living in that time span now. Oh, yeah, and so exactly. much of what we see with Grogu happening and we, what we know is going on off screen with Luke Skywalker trying to rebuild the Jedi order could mm. so easily tie up and it wouldn't be outside of the realm of star Wars and how they've chosen to tell stories, not just recently, but 
forever. Over the course of the last, you know, whatever, 43 years, 44 mm. years next year. Oh, yeah. Um, Over the forty last 40 years plus, they've always continued to refine the greater trilogies by, you know, ancillary pieces. I've said the word ancillary a lot today. Um, By having, like, extra pieces mm-hmm. of... um. Of, of, of media, whether it be comics or novels or video games, in the case of uh, Shadows of the Empire back in the mm-hmm. day, having that be the tie between, um, you know, the, I, I just watched a, a really good in depth thing on Shadows of the Empire on YouTube not too long ago. Oh, yeah. And that, how that was so like the movie without the movie, you know, they yeah. had a book, they had a video game, they had a soundtrack, they had everything but an actual movie to tie together the stories game. between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Yeah, you're going to see very... That's the thing also. You're not going to see too many Shadow of the Empire type things because it took place in a very specific period of time. It was under very specific constraints. It was purely non-visual. You're not going to see... I don't think you're going to see um, Poe Dameron for a while. You're not going to see Finn for a while. You're not going to see Rey for a while. I don't think they're going to. I don't be think we're ever going to see Finn again. By the way, John Boyega seems to be very much all fucking set with the Star Wars. Well, that, well, uh, so, well you know, world. so is Harrison Ford. <laughs> it could be posturing in the for the sake of John Boyega, but I don't think it is, man. It could be no. posturing to get a big payday in like ten years. I don't think it is. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the right writer comes around with the right idea. You know, with with someone like the difference with Harrison Ford and. Um, John Boyega is that Harrison Ford just didn't care about, about Han Solo at all. He didn't like the character at all. Uh, John Boyega, it sounds like, was pissed his character got, you know, kind of shafted. So if you get the right writer around, and, and he's right, he, he did he get it. arguably, in, in my opinion, Finn started off with the most interesting story in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. He was a stormtrooper who defected, and the whole, like, moral, um, the moral struggle he's got internally of seeing people you know, he knows get killed and seeing those people kill people. Mm-hmm. That scene like throws me into the world. It makes me oh, yeah. so fucking mad that the four, and I realize people will shit on the force awakens because it's basically a rehash of a new hope. I get that. I understand mm-hmm. that. It kills me that that movie started off so strong with that trilogy. I genuinely enjoyed that movie and was so excited. And the last shot, I just fucking literally like, the dude Ryan Johnson's gone on the record and said, "I don't really like lore. I don't. I'm not really big into world building. I'm just big into the story I want to tell within that one movie, which is fine. For anything that's not fucking Star Wars, Star Wars is a thing that we all love because of the world and the lore and the myth building around it. So for somebody to come in and so blatantly kick that whole idea in the fucking teeth and not only derail." A fucking movie, but the middle movie of a trilogy and subsequently derail the entire thing. Literally, Ryan Johnson, if I ever fucking meet you, I will kick the shit out of you. That you see, may I, be a threat see, in some I'm states. Like... I don't care. I don't fucking care. You ruined the fucking sequel trilogy for me. I'm more mad at Ryan Johnson than I am about the sequel trilogy than I am at George Lucas about the prequel trilogy. All right. Ooh, those are fighting words right there. I'm gonna Ooh, I will fucking fight Ryan Johnson right now. <laughs> I'm going to be on that. And I'll win. Top. And I'll fucking win, dude. I have so much fucking rage in my... Brian Johnson, you hear this challenge? Let's do. Let's fight for charity. One of the Paul brothers got the shit kicked out of him by... Who was... Oh, wait. No, one of the Paul brothers beat up uh, um, Nate Robinson a few weeks ago at the he, Mike Tyson fight. Yeah. And I was very embarrassed for Nate Robinson being a yeah. former Celtic. But you know what? That ain't going to happen with me, Ryan Johnson. I'll fucking do some push-ups. I'll jump a rope, and I'll fucking strangle you with the rope immediately afterward, you fuck. 
Sam, I mean, right, Sam is pretty good. I'm <laughs> on the opposite spectrum on that one. I yeah, no, you're wrong. I think it's well. That's another discussion of the day. I've gone on that one enough times in my writing. I almost just peed in my pants. I got so mad. I think Ryan Johnson did a great job with deconstructing what was already established. I don't think he really destroyed any of the lore. The problem was there just wasn't enough communication between what Abrams wanted and what Johnson wanted. I think that's the big issue: lack of communication. Kathleen was, Kennedy definitely deserves a, a kick too. Well, Kathleen Kennedy, the thing with her is that she didn't want to make a sequel trilogy. She wanted to make individual stories is what she's doing right now. And you can see right now with The Mandalorian, she's excelling in that field of the standalone narrative. She, I mean, she's excelling by putting the right people in charge. I exactly. am put, I'll give her the credit of putting Filoni and Favreau in charge to make the... <clears throat> and if you look at who she's getting for the series, which we'll go back to in a second, there is some real fucking talent in some of these shows. I'm excited. I'm, I think Johnson did a good job with Last Jedi. That's a controversial opinion, I know, but I think Last Jedi excels at one specific thing, which I love a lot about certain Star Wars projects. And that is to say, he knew what Star Wars was and is, and he made something that really reflected on Star Wars' legacy and culture as much as he did as a story. Um, and I'm going to show, and I'm going to point out when you get to a certain project, um, the potential of creativity that that could be incorporated in even better. One of the shows in particular, there's one show that Disney Plus announced, which when they announced it, I knew immediately it was going to be the show I wanted to watch the most. Hmm. And it's for the same reason like The Last Jedi, but I'll get to that when I get to that. Because okay, all it, right, well, you'll I, see what I mean when this, I get there. This is all a tangent off of droids, so yeah, droids. Yeah, that's, 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 that's one of droids. nine. So, uh, so that's the number nine spot. What do you have at number eight? Star Wars. Well, this is not ranked by my interest. It's just I'm just going up from the site, from the bottom to the top. Star Wars Visions, another one that's coming out 2021. This is real. This is kind of like the Animatrix for Pay Star attention, Wars. Super dope listener. This one's for you. This is basically ten episodes. Each episode's done by a different anime director. Uh, focused on the lore of Star Wars. And this can make stories based in Star Wars. I'm not sure. It's, like, it's not canon, as far as I know, but it also might not be non-canon. So it's pull from any Legends material, though, which I think is awesome. Any Legends material, any new canon material. Um, it's unsure how canonical this is, but what is certain is that it's going to be distinct. And what I'm hoping they do, I'm really hoping they get three guys in there. I hope they get... Um, Shinichiro Watanabe, you know, Cabo Bebop, um, Samurai Champloo, the Blade Runner anime projects they're working on right now. He's working on those too. Hope he does oh, some wow. Star Wars. Oh, he's doing some Blade Runner stuff. I'm excited. Doing, um, hope he does Star Wars. He also did Animatrix as well. Hope they get the guy who did Ninja Scroll involved at some point because that would be freaking great. Weirdly enough, while we were out thrifting today, I oh. found a copy of Ninja Scroll on VHS and oh. the original Viz packaging looking mint as fuck for a oh dollar. I god. totally grabbed it. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, you <laughs> sitting on my kitchen table right now. Oh my god, I love it. I gotta get my VHS player. I, go I, found, some... I found that. I found Ninja Scroll and Fatal Fury, a dollar each. Oh, fuck yeah. I have to Fatal Fury. That's something I think Retro Crush, too. I have to watch Fatal Fury again. That's a good one. I've seen that in years. I don't think I ever watched it, but I remember watching the Fatal Fury uh, trailer before all of my Ron Will one half tapes when oh, I was yeah. a kid. And I just it's like, fun. Like dope as hell. You enjoy it. It, it. Watch it with some beers. You're good to go. It don't don't expect fire up, but it's fun. And I also <laughs> want to see um, Studio Trigger or whoever worked on like Pat, um, on um, on Promare or whatever that show movie was. I want to see them work on a um, 
on something. I mean, not the guys who've done the Franks, but I mean, like the, the other guys. <laughs> I mean, but picture Watanabe working on like uh, some kind of bounty hunter based show. Like basically mm. it's Spike, but in, I don't want to say Mandalorian armor because we're kind of Mandalorian inundated, but like like a Dengar show or, or an episode or a Bosque episode or something like that. Yeah, and it's entirely possible that we might get original characters who we just didn't know we wanted until they show up. Yeah. Well, I'm waiting for the Star Wars Magical Girl series myself, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Anything is possible given this large array of, of projects announced. The problem is because um, this project's so vague, we just don't know enough about it to really make any – we just don't know. So there's a lot of open ground here. Um, I think like with most of these shorts, some of them are going to be great. Others are going to be forgettable, but the great ones are going to stand the test of time. That's what I think is going to happen. And that one's slated to drop at some point in 2021, maybe yep. the summer we're thinking, but we're not sure. Something like It'll that. It would kind of yeah. coincide with Marvel releasing what if over the summer of those first batches, you know, two I hope they shows at the same time. don't release them at the same time. I hope there's a little bit of spacing out because I want to see that creative animation, but I don't want to see it like. I want to have shots of it. I don't want to have like, I don't want to chug it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. I chug, I chug a lug, man. Like, oh, no. I, I go bananas. Uh, number seven on this list. What okay. Bad Batch. The Bad Batch. Okay. So we actually got a trailer for this one. This one's going to be done in the same animation style as uh, Rebels. Rebels. Yeah. Rebels and uh, Clone Wars. It takes place between Wars. the two. Uh, I'm excited. I think it's going to be fun. I'm not like hyped. I, I think I'm more hyped for Visions personally. Because I just really love the concept of different directors and creatives coming together for something. I think I'm gonna like Bad Batch. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not sure I'm loving it. I do see some hints to the Mandalorian uh, with Fennec. Yeah. So that's one thing I definitely wanted to point out is in that in that preview we got for Bad Batch, you very evidently see Fennec. You can kind of tell by like the weird visor helmet thing she's got on. It's mm-hmm. it's very evidently Ming Na Wen's character from the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, and she's so probably voicing con- her too, because she's voiced, she's done voice work before. I mean, yeah, man, she's the original Mulan. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I was gonna say. Um, and you know, my uh, the reason I love her so much is because she's uh, Agent Melinda May on Agents of Shield. Uh, Badass as fuck. Oh god, yeah, she's great. She, she whoops all of the ass. Um, but it'll be interesting, and I, I think it's, I think it's cool. She's gonna be involved in that show because now that we know she's worked with the Bad Batch, which is basically just you know some of the. Um, I don't want to say um, defective clone troopers because they're not defective. They're they're very much bought in, but mm-hmm. they're clones. And Boba Fett is the clone of the clone, um, you know, without the double aging. Mm. Um, so for her to, you know, seemingly be involved with the Bad Batch earlier on in the timeline and then her meet Boba Fett years later, he saves her. And then she like has this life debt to him, not only for saving her, but like there's a probably like a uh, a kindred you know sort of thing going on there whether that's you know a one-sided thing for him or her uh, we get to be seen whatever um yeah. <clears throat> now the bad batch were they sent out to go try to exterminate the rest of the jedi that may have lived after order 66 is, is that it? the whole pitch of the bad batch well the pitch they have here is that um they will take on daring mercenary missions as they struggle to stay afloat and find new purpose. That's the pitch. Um, so it's probably going to be very much in line with the man as like my bet. It's going to be like the Mandalorian, but for kids where it's like more my, for kids. I mean, that very loosely because obviously all star Wars is for kids, Yeah. but um, you know, it's all for families. It's all family friendly entertainment. But I think it's going to be a little more like Rebels level adventures where it's not as intense, um, but also shows you a lot of intense lore 
and I'm just gonna introduce some characters that might end up being live action after the fact. Like well, all this is thing, I mean, I like the fact that Bo Katan, you know, the fact that she's, you know, played by her voice actress in the show just brings another layer of coolness and weirdness to it. But Key Sackoff, oh god, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so strange that that's how it, it but it worked, you know, it works totally well. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see more characters, you know. Either, you know, with Fennec, it's kind of the reverse. You know, she makes her appearance in live action, and then we'll see her some more of her backstory in animation. It's mm-hmm. going to be cool to see them, you know, cross between the both worlds. Mm-hmm. It's all connected. Um, all this is – that's why the one thing I like about the Disney Plus model. You have all these different interconnected elements of, like, just building up the lore. You show here's hear them at this age. Here's them at that age. And you really see a real sense of planning, which I like. <laughs> yeah, I dig it, man. We're building out things for the long term, and they know that – so long as they have a new Star Wars or Marvel show coming out every Friday that I have nowhere to bring my uh, 7 or $8 a month to. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's theirs for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. So Bad Batch sounds like it's going to be uh, pretty interesting to see and a cool way to kind of connect the live action and animated mediums going forward. Mm-hmm. What do we have next? Uh, number six, right? This, yes. Now, this is the one I'm most interested in. The Acolyte. The Acolyte is by... Leslie Headland, who is an Emmy Award um, creator of the show Russian Dolls. Now, the Acolyte is a mystery thriller, which is the closest we'll get to a Star Wars horror movie. that will take the audience into a galaxy far away and the shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. Now, what I like about this concept is, is a few things. One, stir at the villains. Like, mm-hmm. I love a good yeah, villain. Very story. evidently, like a Sith-based show. Yeah. So it's and either High Republic era is like a hundred plus years from the beginning of the original trilogy. So or the prequel trilogy, article, I should say. So I actually wrote an article about this on CBR. So the High Republic takes place between three hundred and one hundred BBY before the Battle of Yavin. Um, the end of the High Republic would have been about a little less than seventy years before. Uh, before um before uh phantom menace now when they say the end of it that could mean anywhere from a hundred year span of time so that doesn't really tell us the specifics what i mapped out was around this time you would have either seen depending on what time in the high republic it takes place you're probably going to see either dark plagius or his master who is still canon in star wars lore um show up I think it's Ten- Tenebrous, I think the guy's name was. the Darth, Darth Tenebrous, okay. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's actually canon thanks to, He's actually canon of all thanks to, of all things, The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> in, oh, the expanded, in the expanded book for that, they mention uh, Sidious names one of his platoon of Sith troopers after Darth Tenebrous. So he's still canon. So that would place him firmly in the High Republic era. So I'm hoping that's the case. And there's some cool shit they could do with them if the legends lore is anything to go by. If you ever read the book uh, Darth Plagueis, I have I have issues with it. Plagueis, I have issues with it. I think there's some pacing issues here and there. I think they spend too much time talking about banking, my pastes, um, <laughs> which is a topic I'm not particularly interested in banking. Uh, stocks, yes, but banking, not so much. But it offers a lot of potential meat that could be as, used as inspiration for a really cool story. And what I'm really hoping they do, uh, I mentioned this before, how one thing I think that's great about this new stuff is it's not really taking place inside of any trilogy, but rather 
between trilogies? Because if you're a writer, what do you want to write about? The, 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 the six open months between episodes four and five? Or do you want to read about, what, two years, whatever? Or would you rather write about, like, a 40-year span of time that's unexplored between films? Or the 30-year time span? And span of time. I mean, me personally, fanboy speaking, I want to write about the character. I want to write a story with the characters I love. That's me fair. personally. But, but they're getting given old. that those <laughs> exactly those stories were 40 years ago. Th- that's one thing I was thinking about that could be interesting. Um if you did want to tell stories in that area of time again with the old characters that we had, do you just you'd have to just make it animated, right? Like the bad batches. Yeah, you'd have to do animation. That's the only way of doing it or you spend millions of dollars with de-aging technology or you recast and as you saw with solo recasting is hard it's not a yeah not a clear-cut process you might get lucky with mark hamill if it's like like post like mandalorian if mark hamill showed up in mandalorian you could probably get away with him for a little bit but you know well, yeah the one the one thing everyone points to and i don't think luke skywalker is going to be showing up at the end of mandalorian this week but no, um, neither do I. <laughs> the one thing everyone points to is uh rise of skywalker is that quick scene of him and leia training together and they both he is de-aged quite well but like mm-hmm. he also has like a helmet on and, and it's dark and it's super dark and it's super fast and it's an action scene and it's not like i, I mean i realize it was a couple of years after you know rogue one but those those sequences like still shot CGI on Grand Moff Tarkin, you know Peter Cushing, rest in peace. Mm. It was so unsettling. And yeah. when Carrie Fisher shows up at the end of the movie, I, it's that awful, that man. that was one of the only things that I don't want to say it ruined. It was a great movie, but that moment where Carrie Fisher shows up and it's just like she's out of a Dark Forces video game. Mm, it's weird. Um, it's, it's unsettling. There's a your eye can spot fakeness is the thing and. And for a character mm-hmm. like that, where, you know, her whole appeal, at least to me, is how, like, empathetic she is with basically everybody she comes into uh, into contact with, especially in that sequel trilogy. Not so much in the original trilogy, but mm. I don't know. I, it, it's going to be hard. I think Mark Hamill's a little easier to do in Mandalorian. You just give him a beard. Just give him some hair dye and some, you know. Yeah. Give, give him the beard. Give him some hair dye. You're good to go. But, like, you know. Animation is the way to go for most of it. Anyway, but no. So the acolyte. Uh, oh yeah. Sorry. So much, so much unexplored territory. It's a whole network, whole expanse of cool shit you could do in that. I'm excited for that entirely. Um, yeah, we shall see. And you know, always cool to get a story about the bad guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Next one you might like, since you like stories about the characters who are established. Andor. See, and I'm yes really and no. For that. I'm yes excited. And, for Andor. And, he, and we were talking about this one earlier too because. This is a show that was announced so long ago that mm-hmm. I forgot it was even being made. Mm. And then earlier what well, last week, I produce a podcast for uh, a couple of guys who are antiques roadshow experts on PBS. And uh, I walked in, they're like, hey, we're going to have a guest tomorrow. You know, we record in batches, three episodes each day. But because of the holidays, recorded three and three on two days last week. So six episodes batched up through the holidays. The second day I show up, you're like, yeah, we're going to talk to my friend Eric. And uh, it turns out Eric is the creative chief Imagineer of Disney and designed Galaxy's Edge and Harry Potter World. And he was just, you know, on this fucking podcast that has much lower numbers than Super Dope (laughs) um, that I produced last week for some clients. And it was awesome talking to him, one of the most down to earth people in the world. But 
during that conversation, he just casually mentioned like the Andor show and how it was in production. And I, I that was the first time I'd heard about it since I'm assuming it got announced. Yeah, it was since years ago, like a while back, it feels. It feels like it was and longer ago than it really was. You said established character. I mean, he is, but I mean. One film. <laughs> exactly one film and he dies at the end of it and i knew he was going to die at the end of it given the circumstances of that film mm. so i didn't really you know hook into him too no, deep no. but it has kate Wesso. yeah that's alan what's Tudyk fr- coming back is going to be dope alan, T- alan Tudyk and anything is, is great um <laughs> i got to interview him briefly um during new york comic-con uh last year i got to talk it was like a round table thing it wasn't like i was talking to him one-on-one it was like a whole bunch of us talking to him but uh, what a what a fascinating guy he is! Like, if, like anything with him in it, I'm down. I'm sold. Um, he is like in some real like nerd tried and true fandoms too. Yeah. Like now Fire. he's in Star Wars, but Firefly. before that, he, yeah, Firefly. Uh, that the Whedon uh, fan, fa- the Whedon fans are some of those passionate fans that there are. Oh yeah, it's a lot, and Firefly fans especially because that show was unfairly canceled before its time. Like. So it was about Buffy, but Buffy had eight seasons. Firefly had like thirteen well, episodes, yeah, seven episodes. seven seasons, and then they continued it on in a in a comic book yeah. for the eighth season. And Angel too, yeah. Also, Buffy and Angel start fucking getting superpowers and fly fucking through mountains and space and stuff and the ocean. I stopped reading it. It was a little, bad. A little over the top, I think. <laughs> and then Spike comes back to Earth with like a fucking spaceship with like a bunch of little bug aliens and shit. And I'm like, what the fuck, Spike? You've been on another planet? I thought you was dead. And he didn't continue oh, Firefly. <laughs> and they didn't continue Firefly exactly, except for Serenity, uh, which is great. But you know, um, so casting Andor show, I guess we'll see. It obviously takes place before Rogue One. Yeah, I think you're Unless gonna see. It was just a steady cam on his grave afterwards. Well, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's nothing left of the planet. He's going to assume he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't have a grave. Given the there's not much, there's of not much left of him. <laughs> not much left of him. <laughs> Guy went out All in right, a funeral so, pyre. So casting Andor. We'll see what's we'll see what happens there. And here's one that's really has a lot of potential to be interesting, and that's Lando. Now it's yes. being made by Justin Simeon. Justin Simeon is the guy who behind the show and movie Dear White People, which is a very, very well written both. It's very well written, very culturally mm-hmm. aware. So you're getting a you're getting a black guy writing a black character in Star Wars, which means you're gonna get that lens of reference, that perspective. You're also not sure, you're also not certain as to which Lando is going to be in the movie, if not both. Exactly. So, so one thing about this series that I thought was noticeable uh, was that this was dubbed as a limited series. This mm-hmm. is the only one that had one that differentiation. No, one on of it. two. Oh, there was a second one. Well, yep. What's the other one? Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's a limited series. Yep. Oh, okay. I thought maybe they'd just tie you and McGregor in to play Obi-Wan the rest of his goddamn life until they look like <laughs> no, no, no. Guinness. No, just one. Just one. So this okay. is one of two. So this is So with Lando, I'm assuming that it's because, and we talked about it before we hit record, but mm-hmm. you can get Donald Glover to sign up for, you know, a six, eight episode run, whatever it is. Yeah, he's doing sure. Atlanta anyway can... with FX. So he's already working with Disney. Exactly. He's already tied into the company. And I'm sure if he didn't want to do it, if you give him enough money, he'll fucking do it. Yeah. The thing that I think they could do, um, and they reference it in the solo movie too, is him constantly recording all the adventures and the stuff that he's up to, you know, making the Lando Chronicles. Mm. Like you could have Billy D. Williams 
do the wraparound. Like, he sets up each episode, you know, this one time, me and my, my, my gang, we're off doing this job like this. And then he kind of wraps, you know, we go into the story with young Lando Donald Glover, you know, doing the flashback stuff. They tell the entirety of basically the whole episode through that. And then old Billy D comes back in. Like you could get Billy D in for like a day and a half worth of shooting to do those wraparounds. Oh yeah. Because he's he's in rough shape, dude. I met Billy D like five or six years ago at a con. He was super nice. He was very funny and aware, but physically speaking, he had people on either side of him sliding in things and helping his hand move. Like he, He's he's in not great shape. The fact that he was in Rise of Skywalker was surprising to me. Yeah, they only shot him from like you know the chest up basically because physically he's just not there. But that's why I think it'll be a limited series because Billy D, you can't do much with him. You can't maybe hold Lando, uh, excuse me, Donald Glover down the new Lando to a long term kind of serious commitment. You can get them both in there for a limited time, give people what they want on both ends because. I think Donald Glover as Lando is the highlight of Solo. He's a great, he's great casting. Honestly, he's he's easily the best part. He's um, one of the most talented. I mean, I was going to say actors, but musicians, entertainers in general. He's just great comedian. <laughs> like every, he's so he's, fucking funny. Whatever he does, he's just great at it. What I am wondering though is when it takes place with both situations. I'm I'm assuming that the if the new Donald Glover, he's going to be pre. Uh, a new hope probably post solo pre a new hope um or you may have skirting around time but with, yeah but the question is if you're using older lando but you know when do you are gonna it, do it it could just be post oh, sorry, go sorry, you're gonna do a post rise of skywalker where you're gonna try and look for his daughter's family you know it could there. be just them flying around in the galaxy you know trying to find wherever the heck she hmm. came from but intermittently or, he's just given her uh, those scenes from fucking Jaws where they're like shared yeah. war stories and shit. You know what I mean? It could be, and it could be, there might be some resolution there. It's maybe some emotional scenes where he's able to, you know, play it all out. But the other possibility also is they may show um, Luke and Lando looking for Exegol. Now, that's a possibility I only thought of because I had to write about this stuff a lot. <laughs> That's essentially it, because I'm looking for different possibilities. Like that was one possibility I thought of. I think that's yeah. less likely, though. I think it's much I think less so likely. So too, only because at that point, given when that takes place, yeah, it's like what when they go and that? hunt for Exegol. I mean, I just took it as like, oh, all right, that's how we're getting you involved in this movie, Lando. Word. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's not likely. Well, they may flash back to it for 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 like visually, you know, visual continuity. You'd want to see Mark Camel and Billy D go on that adventure to Exegol as opposed to a young Lando going on an adventure where you can kind of remove it. Or do you age up? Is that an opportunity for you to age up uh, Lando a little bit? Donald Glover, you throw some, Happy you know, uh, age a little down bit of Mark mustache. <laughs> age and, down Mark Hamill, age up Donald Glover. So, so do you age down Mark Hamill, age up Donald Glover, or do you just recast Mark Hamill at that point in time? I mean, yeah, I mean you, Mark Hamill's probably, right? the thing is Mark Hamill isn't so old. He could probably do that. Um, it's it's really is you know it really is Billy D Williams that you have to worry about in the situation. He's the big factor. Mark Hamill's got to be pushing seventy by now, right? Oh, Mark Hamill is. Let me see how old Mark Hamill is. Mark Hamill age. He is um, sixty nine. So yeah, he's pushing it. But by the time they film, nice. He's seventy. Oh, no. I can't believe I missed that opportunity for that. <laughs> right. But Billy D, I mean, 
I don't know how old he is. It doesn't even matter how old he is. Yeah. He could be 60. He's not, but he's, he's not, not in as good a shape as, as Mark Hamill. Uh, so I guess, we'll, I guess we'll see. I, I think it'll I, – I don't think they'll utilize Luke Skywalker much at all. I think it'll just be young Lando, you know, trying to bang a droid around the galaxy stories that he's telling to his maybe daughter, maybe girlfriend. If it's a limited series, I feel like they're going to have like a focused narrative though. I feel like there's going to be like some overarching narrative while he's doing his hijinks. Um, I don't know. It could be a whole bunch of things. There's a lot of potential. Um, is is because he's just not an explored character as much in the current lore. There's a lot of open holes in his timeline, so it's it'd be cool. Yeah. The next the next uh, two are interconnected. Okay. Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka, which are spinoffs to the currently airing Mandalorian. These yes. now the, the the pitch with both of these is that they will spin off of the Mandalorian, and that they are building up to a bigger narrative. I think that narrative is going to be Thrawn, which will be awesome, um, because we already know Ahsoka is looking for Thrawn. We know that the Empire is stirring up trouble, causing the New Republic to go go out and look for them. And we know the Mandalorian is dealing with Grogu going around places. Now. In the lore of Star Wars, specifically the Aftermath novel series by Chuck Wendig, um, they established that the First Order goes into the Unknown Regions based on information provided to them by Thrawn. So the way I see it, these three stories are going to be setting up the world of the sequel trilogy, you know, indirectly, not going to like... I don't think it's going to be forceful. I don't think it's going to be like a, like the whole story is going to stop. So I think they've already started to do exactly that yeah. in The Mandalorian. Yeah, they've, they've basically introduced Thrawn. Uh, not Thrawn. They've, they have introduced Thrawn. They basically introduced like the process that Snoke's going to come around from. Exactly. Yeah, and I think if Ahsoka goes into the Unknown Regions, they're going to go to Exegol anyway or some other Sith-based stuff. So you're seeing the seeds for that world building. Should have been done in the sequel trilogy, I might want to add, being done in The Mandalorian. And all this. I think they're all going to be good. I don't think there's any reason to worry about like any of these spinoff shows. If you like, It's the same creative crew as The Mandalorian. So it's just more material in that continuity with different characters. I think... And that, that Ranger show is probably going to feature uh, Gina Carano's Cara Dune character, right? I, That's like half the reason why they just uh, recruited her into that, I have to imagine. I don't know. And that's the odd thing. Because I think because she's a marshal, she's not a ranger, unless she gets promoted. But that's not looking likely because she seems, seems to be grounded the earth, uh, grounded on her own planet. I think what's going to happen is she might have a role in it if she doesn't die, but I don't think she's going to be the main character. That's the odd thing. It, it's, it's very unusual because we know who ah- Ahsoka is going to focus on. It's going to focus on Ahsoka Tano going around looking for Ezra Bridger and Thrawn. Thrawn, but, yeah. but the Rangers of the New Republic is such an open-ended thing. We know no one who's in it. We don't know any casting. We don't know any um, specifics. And that's a big, uh, interesting open end. I think it's interesting. I find it exciting because if I don't know what's going to happen in Star Wars, that makes me more interested to see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when I can predict what's going to happen, I'm less interested. But if I have no idea what's going to happen, that gets me excited. So paradoxically, even though Ahsoka will probably be the better show, I'm more intrigued by Rangers. Even though Ahsoka is see what it be could better. be. Yeah, exactly. It's the potential. It could be shit. <laughs> Quite honestly, it could be terrible. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to be great, but I'm saying I'm curious. 
Mm. And Ahsoka, too, I mean, she's one of those characters that because she's referenced uh, and now that we know that she's around post episode six, like Mm -hmm. you could do pretty much whatever you want with her. We know that it's concurrently going to take place with the Mandalorian, but do you see flashbacks of how she gets to where she is that, you know, where that brings her to where the Mandalorian currently meets her? Um, How much of it is driven by that? The one thing I was kind of surprised with, and I don't know if it's going to factor into Ahsoka's show, but Based off of, I think, episode four of this season of Mando, I, I would have sworn that was like a backdoor pilot for a Bo-Katan show. <clears throat> and no Bo-Katan, no, um, what is it, the Night Owls? Is that her yeah. name of, uh, of her Mandalorian group? But she, maybe she features into the Ahsoka show. I, I don't know. I think she might be in Rangers, honestly. Because really? she's a rogue Because she's a rogue group, you know. She's messing with the Empire on galaxy territory. You know, New Republic territory. She might intersect with the Rangers, so I think that's where she's going. Where Bo-Katan's going to come into come into play, along with those two X-wing dorks who just keep showing up everywhere. <laughs> yeah, one of them is Dave Filoni, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, Dave Filoni. Yeah, <laughs> he's saying Filoni. And then a, a, a <laughs> and then a and then a chubby half Asian man. Yeah, I forget. I, he's not. He's someone. I, I think he's been. Yeah, he's stuff. somebody important, but I he's just, somebody that we don't know who he is. Yeah, I just maybe his name. maybe bad. Maybe um, this Ranger show is just him. It's just him, like day to day. Wouldn't be shocked. How bringing um, no, you're gonna you gonna start watching the show and it's the what's his name from Shadow of the Empire um, Dash Rendar. Dash Rendar. It's gonna be Dash Rendar. <laughs> Calling it now. It's Dash Rendar. The whole show. That'd be kind of dope, dude. I mean, Dash Rendar does survive at the end of that video game, even though everybody thinks he's dead. And technically, he survived. Technically, he's still canon in the current timeline because he appears in his ship appears in A New Hope. That's fucking true. The re- yeah. they re put in the the outrider yeah. to leave Moss Eisley docking. Yeah, one, good catch, one dude. One of the good additions in the uh, one of the good additions in the special editions is they add Dash Rendar. So he is. Is it still? Is it still on Disney Plus right oh, now? Yeah. It's right. Oh, they added him McClunkly with it. They added McClunkly. McClunkly. Can't even say that word. It's so clunky. But they yeah. but they kept Dash Rendar, and so that's cool. No, Dude, the that last, is pretty cool. Last show, I think the one. The that, last show is definitely the one that we're most excited about. Yeah, hands th- down for me. I think for me personally, my favorite favorite, the one I'm most excited about is the acolyte. But Obi Wan Kenobi well, is really up there because it's a lot. G- and, general consensus for fans, oh, everyone's yeah. pumped on this Obi Wan Kenobi show. Yeah, regardless of what other ones you think are cool, Obi Wan seems to be the one that most people are intrigued by. Um, and at first, I will say this: I when I first thought Obi Wan Kenobi, I'm like, what are you gonna do with Obi Wan Kenobi? He's on the desert. It's on Tatooine. What can you do with them? But right. then, yeah, I thought about it. And there's a fucking lot you can do with Obi-Wan Kenobi on that at this point. Oh, there's a ton. Oh, there's God, a ton, yeah. dude. I mean, he spends like fucking 15, 16, 15 to 20 years, depending on whatever source you're going yeah. off of. 19 years, roughly. Just yeah. 19 years. Just waiting until mm. the day somebody should try or something should happen with Luke, just in case he's there. Now, what's interesting about Obi-Wan Kenobi is this. It takes place 10 years after... Revenge of the Sith. That means roughly nine, nine, nine BBY. Hayden Christensen's back as Darth Vader, and we know nothing else. This means at this point in time, you have a few things going on. Ahsoka Tano is with the Rebellion. Um, you have the Inquisitors hunting out, hunting surviving Jedi. You have the events of that one Jedi game that just can't fall in order. Jedi fall yep. in order? Yeah, that, that's happening around this time. Uh, Darth Vader is still hunting surviving Jedi. Uh, the events of the Bad Batch are occurring roughly roughly before this point. So that could tie into this as well. 
very easily. Yep. Rebels has yet to happen, but you have stuff like um, uh, Hera and um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Jedi who trained Ezra. Oh, I can't remember his name from Rebels. Oh, um, Ka Ka. It's a K. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he's still around. He, he he's bumping around places. Um, there was a rumor a while back that there would be a sand like a Tuscan Raider with like force powers. That was a rumor for a while. Really, I That's, never heard that one. That was from the Legends canon, but it was a rumor I heard a while back. I'm not sure how accurate it is. It probably won't happen. You know what though? Just while we're there, the Mandalorian has gone out of their way to humanize uh, Tuscan Raiders way more than anything I've previously seen in Star Wars media. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that there's exciting media that touches on it that I haven't read or whatever. But such a great job! I love it. It's it's in there, man. The, the possibility exists. But the one that I think that's most interesting, um, in terms of <laughs> possible, I also wrote a theory uh, for CBR recently uh, talking about uh, Sokotano. That should be out sometime, hopefully soon. That involved in. That'd be cool if they have a Sokotano show up. Uh, the one I'm most hyped about, potentially, is the return everyone's favorite Star Wars character, Jar Jar Binks. You're kidding. <laughs> All right. I, I was worried, you know, I, I heard, I heard, I saw the wind up and then the pitch came in slow motion. And I'm like, oh, Jar Jar, explain. What do you mean? <laughs> well, the rumor a while ago was that and this is based off of rumor. So, again, uh, grain of salt. Don't don't take it too seriously. The rumor was that they're going to have an old version of Jar Jar who's sad and depressed and kind of upset that he kind of caused the Empire to take over. Just show caused up. Caused everything? Yeah. So <laughs> Caused all of this, generally. <laughs> yeah. So the two the rumors were either A, Jar Jar being to be like Obi-Wan's like in under what's happening on the Empire, like his like inside man, or B, they both meet each other, meet up with each other and just kind of share how like they feel guilty for all the shit that's gone wrong. And it'd be like Jar Jar with a beard. <laughs> I kind of hope this happens. Did you say with a beer or a beard? Uh, both, both a beard and a beard. <laughs> he's got a and beard I, and he's drinking beers. So. I, I really hope that this happens because the visual of a sad Jar Jar Binks kind of like admitting that he fucked up. There's a, from a writing perspective, there's a lot of creativity. It's a character that no one likes being put in a position that's really sad and sympathetic. That's already an interesting concept to me. On the other hand, it's also Jar Jar Binks with a beard. Being sad. Like I said before, though, so Ridiculous. much of what the extra content or the extra media that comes out around these movies is aimed to do is to expand upon and correct things that were in the movies. Exactly. And this, they could be given the same exact kind of treatment to Star uh, to Jar Jar Binks by bringing him back. If they were to bring him back in this Kenobi series, mm -hmm. that might be a way to completely redeem his fucking character oh, yeah. that he has in those first three movies by making him sit down with us a few 10 years after the fact and be like, Misa fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Misa fucking gave this whole goddamn galaxy away to the Empire. It's okay that you hate me. I hate me too. I want to go jump into the Sarlacc right now. Yeah. And Kenobi has to talk him off the Sarlacc bridge. I'm down with that story. Yeah. And I think that could actually, you know, I know that Ahmad Best is like, come back into the Star Wars fandom and he's doing that show on Disney Plus, the Jedi Temple show or whatever. Yeah. I haven't watched it, but mm -hmm. I heard he's doing a great job with it. It's it's a cool, entertaining show to watch, I guess. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Um, to see him embraced not only as an actor, but maybe as the, the character that was 
you know, almost led this guy to actually kill himself in real life. Yeah, he deserves a chance. It'd be a real meta breakdown of that character, too, is if he does have that kind of sad, depressed Jar Jar. Oh, man, the more we talk about this, the more I want to see sad Jar Jar. Exactly. I, I think I think of my best, especially because the guy seems like a like a very good person. Like, it just sucks that he had to play a character who was... You know, had to deliver a George Lucas dialogue. Yeah, that's what those prequel trilogies, those prequel movies are better than people give them credit for. But it's tough to see through that terrible fucking dialogue. And I think that, you know, it, it's sad because, you know, Revenge of the Sith has some good, has some great moments. I think the first two are less interesting. I think you can watch Phantom Menace, but Attack of the Clones I have a hard time with. I can watch Attack. I can watch I can watch the Phantom Menace mainly only for Duel of the Fates. Yes. Yeah. Same. That's pretty much it. And even then, when it gets to the Gungan parts, and even the spaceship parts, watching little kid Anakin fly around, I don't always hit fast forward, but damn, am I tempted. I think Attack of the Clones, Natalie Portman in that half shirt, I'll definitely watch the Battle of Geonosis every single time. Yeah, and again, I do get a kick out of the fact that Obi-Wan Kenobi goes to his buddy at the 50s uh, diner that looks like a lot of fun to be in, but it looks really wrong in Star Wars. Right. Say what you about Ryan Johnson, but like for me, I'm like '50s diner and a Star Wars film. Okay, now you just now you're just reliving the classics from uh, American Graffiti, there, George. Uh, what's going yeah, right. on here? <laughs> but that's all the Star Wars stuff that's been announced. Um, but there's also a lot of stuff that was not announced. Um, for example, we know that um, supposedly uh, both Kevin Feige and Ryan Johnson have stuff in development at Disney. Um, we have no idea how far along that is or if it would ever see the light of day, but we know they're working on something. Um, so while we're there, Kevin Feige, do we know what his uh, involvement in Star Wars may or may not be going forward? Because there's been a ton of rumors that he'll be the guy to take that over. But how mm. does he concurrently manage that with the MCU? Yeah. Would he want to step away from the MCU to manage Star Wars? Any insight into that or is Filoni the new guy? Well, first off, I don't think Filoni's the new guy. Filoni's a writer. He's not a producer. I but think... I did recently, as much, I'm sorry to cut you off, no, but go for it. Lucas has gone so far as to call Filoni the son he never had. That's a little intense, but I mean, I, I, no I, can, see shit. I can see that though, because he, he clearly Filoni gets what George Lucas was going for. But the thing with Filoni is I think he also realizes he's not a producer because the one thing that George Lucas clearly did not like to do was be a producer. The moment George Lucas became like George Lucas, the businessman, you can just see the joy see from his face half the time because you can see his soul fucking slowly start to leave his body in, yeah. in exchange for merchandising rights. Yeah. George Lucas would have rather made 25 movies like TH-113 or whatever that movie was yeah. than make another Star Wars film, I think, after a while because he just didn't enjoy the response. I think Filoni is a great showrunner, but I think he also knows what his talents are. Not, not Kathleen Kennedy is not a writer. She's a producer. She's a brilliant producer. She's been people always, you know, bag on Kathleen Kennedy. The woman was responsible for almost every '80s film you love. <laughs> you know, yeah, man. Yeah. There's no, there's no Indiana Jones without Kathleen Kennedy. No ET, no Gremlins. There's, there's, there's so many movies. And you, no Jurassic Park, um, which is not '80s, but still feels that same kind of vein. You know, she's involved with so many movies. And but she's not a writer. She's a producer because she knows what she's good at. She knows her talent. She would never direct a Star Wars film. So I think the opposite is uh, true as well. I think what's more likely is Feige will be involved with producing one movie or maybe a trilogy of films. He might be involved with continuity. 
of individual films, but not the whole universe. Um, even Marvel, I think Feige's backing off a little bit from Marvel because he already orchestrated the most successful franchise in film history, financially anyway. Yep. Um, Johnson's thing, people have rumors that it's dead in the water. Other people say it's on pause because he wants to make another Knives Out. Johnson will do whatever he wants. I think he'll make one, one, more, one more Star Wars film that's removed from the rest of the lore, which I think is good for him. I think he works better with less restraints. Um, so I just wanna, I just wanna say, I need to watch Knives Out. Oh God, but, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, I know. Everyone in my life has said it's like one of the greatest movies they've ever seen. Oh, I wouldn't however, go that far, but it's a great, it's a great cozy mystery film. However, however, I'll still fucking fight you, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Anytime, anywhere, you let me know, but I'll fucking be there with a goddamn jump rope. I'll jump rope, intimidate your ass in the beginning. You'd be like, wow. This guy wants to quit smoking. He's got some stamina, and then I'll strangle you with that fucking jump rope. Surprise, bitch. You ever see Looper? No. Ah, that's another good one. Yeah, I watch Looper, man. Looper's great. Again, like, that's the thing. Ryan Johnson, he, as a filmmaker, he's freaking brilliant. But I think he works better when you give him less lore. Um, that's why I think he'd be great if he did, like, a High Republic film. Give him High Republic. He's fucking down. Um, give him, um, I think Johnson could do a show like The Mandalorian. Um, give him like give him something set in the Star Wars world, but not something where he's working with a character like Luke Skywalker. Yeah, because that's and have him do some shit that Luke Skywalker would never fucking do. Because again, with all that stuff, it's like you look at like how Ryan Johnson writes characters. He understands the characters quite well. He gets that, but he makes decisions based on what would make for a dramatic story, not necessarily what will make people who love the character happy. And that's problem. That's problematic. He's great at writing characters who make terrible, bad decisions. Again, knives out. <laughs> Some of the best characters in that movie are terrible human beings. <laughs> like, some of the characters in that movie are just the worst people you can ever imagine. Like, people you want to punch in the face every time they speak. And he's great at writing them. <laughs> Because he probably is a person that deserves to get punched in the face by me. <laughs> Bring it I don't all back around. But that one, he's a nice enough guy. But again, no. that's the thing. That's the thing. There's a lot of projects that are as of yet unannounced. But what's common about all of them is they stand alone. They they stand on their own. They're distinct. They are um, moving away from the trilogy structure, which I think really works in Kathleen Kennedy's favor. I think it works better in Star Wars's favor, because if we just stayed stuck in the trilogy format, we would just have, we'd have to be locked into stories with filmmakers who may not be interested in finishing that vision all the way through. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's so much of what bothers me about the original, or excuse me, about the sequel trilogy, is that I would think going into something like that, a three-part story, you would want that continuity. You'd think somebody like Kathleen Kennedy would be the person to carry that continuity through, but based on how they were interviewing or how they hired people for that movie back then. Mm -hmm. They were just like, oh, yeah, you have an idea for a Star Wars movie? All right, cool. You're in a three-part thing. All right, word. Yep. JJ, Ryan Johnson. I forget who the third guy is. I know Kevin Trevorrow. Trevorrow, yeah. The Colin, Trevorrow Colin, script. Colin, wait, Colin Trevorrow. Colin, Colin Trevorrow. Colin, yeah, yeah. Because he did... Um... I remember hearing a ton about that script, too, and then him getting tossed out and in favor of bringing JJ back to try to salvage whatever threads weren't completely burnt down by Ryan Johnson in the middle piece, but you'd think she would have been that person to be mindful of the, the greater continuity. Mm. Um, I understand that 
the um, original trilogy was not thought of in that way. The yeah. prequel trilogy very evidently fucking was. It was all George Lucas. How do you don't bring that same style of storytelling that the prequels employed to the sequel trilogy, given what the original trilogy is to not only just the country, but the entire goddamn world. I, I, it's, it, I there's know. a lot of problematic. I don't want to say it was it. careless, but it felt careless. It, it, it's weird because there, there is a through line that begins in force awakened and carries into the, the rise of Skywalker. I no, carries into the last Jedi. I really do feel like the rise of Skywalker is that missed landing. I think rise of, I like rise of Skywalker more than most. I think it's a fine film. I think it's a weak finale. I think it's a fun. Laughed out loud so yeah. many times in that God, movie. There's, in the there's, theater. So much, there's so much comedy in that film. It's, it's hilarious. Uh, no, 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 no. I wasn't laughing at the fucking funny part. I didn't say. I, I mean, I, I probably was. Well, I said comedy. I didn't say they were deliberately comedic. <laughs> intentional comedy. I didn't say it was intentional. I said it was funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, didn't say, I didn't say anything about being on purpose. I'm just saying. It's... Me and me and my buddy Brandon and his wife Kelly went to go see it like the day, a couple days before Christmas when it came out. A couple what, last year, the year before. Last year? Mm-hmm. 2020 has been the longest goddamn year. It dude. feels like 15 years already. Oh my god! Like even today, like I, I, I saw I saw something in a Facebook group that said the Broly movie came out two years ago today in theaters mm. in Japan. I'm like, what? Two years yeah. have passed already. Either way, hey. Rise of Skywalker <laughs> in a theater. I've never laughed out loud in a Star Wars movie so goddamn uh, so much, mm. especially at times when the rest of the audience was like, <gasps> or like, ooh, and I'm like. <laughs> Me personally, whenever uh, Palpatine showed up, I felt thought it was pretty, pretty funny, honestly, because Ian McDermott is really funny in that role. <laughs> I don't know if he's deliberately he, funny, but he's yeah, no, he scenery chewer. He he dials up the camp, dude. Ian McDermott knows exactly what he's doing. He, he dials the up the camp every shot, shot, everything, and I love every it. Time. I'm all about. I it. laughed at things like when when Ray and Kylo Ren kissed. Or Ooh, when the Knights of Ren showed up, I guess, to go do something, but we don't really see them do anything. But there's, like, a couple of shots of them posing on a cliff looking like a fucking boy band. Like, I laughed a lot at moments like that. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny when, um, what's his face, uh, shoots Hux, um, crap, um, Pride, um, the bad guy in every every movie ever. What's the... I don't know. Oh, I watched God. it the one time in the theater and haven't been back since because no. I don't hate myself that, that much. That's fair. So. He's the guy who's remember Logan. Remember Logan? He's like the scientist in Logan who fucks everyone's all the genes up. Logan, like old man Logan. Yeah, yeah, the movie like Logan. Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, the movie or... Logan. <laughs> the movie called um... Logan about Logan. <laughs> no, I don't remember that, who that guy uh, no. looks like. Doesn't it, matter. It doesn't matter too much. He he just plays a villain in everything. I forget his name though. <laughs> That's one thing that bothered me about that movie, too. It's like, oh, that's your whole thing, Hawks? You just were really annoyed with Kylo Ren getting the attention when you thought you should have got the attention? You're going to overthrow all... You're going to overthrow the entire First Order because you're mad at your best bud? You see... Some little kid shit. You see, that's the thing. People do that. <laughs> that's, like, actually in politics. Like, crazy idiots in politics do that so often. They'll, like, throw their entire career away just to fuck I, someone yeah. over. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just looking at the yeah. dynamics between a relationship like Vader and Emperor Palpatine in the first two <clears> movies where it's like <throat> you can tell Vader so wants to fuck over Palpatine so badly and Palpatine knows it, but he's like, he I enjoys know you it. won't do this. <laughs> he just has well, fun yeah, with he it. En- 
he enjoys it and knows it because he knows that Vader knows better than to do it because he'd be throwing everything away that he's got for himself in tandem with overthrowing the emperor. The emperor. So it's the sign of true power in that sense. He can control. He holds him by his um, by his testes, essentially. You know, he- I mean, he says it the best um, in Return of the Jedi, right? He's like, uh, "You too will be mine, like your father." You know, yeah. like it's, it, I it, own your dad, and now I'm gonna own you, bitch. So that's, that's why Palpatine's a great villain. He knows he has the power over people. He has the psychological influence of them on top of the physical influence, and it's just like, well, what you gonna do? And he gets beaten because he has his back turned at the wrong moment, which is great. Yeah. And he's like, good thing that my back was turned because your suit's made out of robot parts and I'll electrocute you on purpose. That's how I made your suit. Even then he just kills him. Palpatine still kills Vader pretty easily considering, you know, because it's, you know, electricity. Anyway, but yeah, no, that's a long, that's a long other thing. (laughs) Yeah, let's not get into more Star Wars nerd shit today. Um, We have covered all nine shows, the two movies, a bunch of Marvel stuff. This podcast has felt like the opposite of 2020. In that uh, it was a long time, but like it was well, re- it was well enjoyed. You know, oh, God, I had a yeah. great time in this. Fucking loves it. Listen, talking talking up Star Wars, Marvel, uh, obscure YA novels from the nineteen. Obscure is a bestseller. I'm down for all that. <laughs> it's not obscure. It's my dad about that book. It's like on the bestsellers yeah. for like t- ten weeks or something like that. <laughs> I'm sure my dad knows that book. My dad like writes young adult fiction in addition to oh, yeah. being a uh, an uh, addition to being a reading and writing teacher. Yeah, actually, I did an episode with him and my uncle Julius about a month ago. I think I released it on election day, and it's just me and my dad and my uncle talking about how they first found Dragon Ball and how they first showed it to little kid me. So, oh my god, you should check it out, man. It's a fun episode. I think it's I think I have it on my watch my watch list. Actually, I think I saw that. Do this it. is really cool. And I just forgot it was there. I'll have to watch that. It's fun, dude. It's it's one of my funner episodes for sure. One of the ones that I've had the most fun with in a while. Mm. Um, and I'm just saying, like all this Marvel TV stuff, all this Star Wars TV stuff, comic book news in general. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to start a new podcast project mm. in 2021. I'm looking for qualified hosts. That's all I'm saying. Um, if you, if you all have, I'm saying, hey, maybe, maybe you, super dope listener, you got some, you got some podcast aspirations too. Would not be opposed. Would not be opposed I, to that. <laughs> well, never mind, super dope podcast listener. I don't give a shit about you. Let me talk to Ant first. Yeah. All right. He's <laughs> he's already up here in the in the totem pole in terms of hosts, and I know what he brings to the table. That's fair. You, listener, I don't know. Everyone wants to make a goddamn podcast. Oh, Rodney. You know, Rodney, I emailed you back, baby. I'm sorry I didn't see your email. Fucking email me back and we'll set up some time to call. Rodney Owens probably wants to have a con uh, consultation call about a podcast that he wants to set up. Hmm. And he went to my website, inhousepods.com, and put in a... Uh, a contact form, but I'm not very good at owning a website, so I didn't see it for a couple oh weeks. Oh my god! Let me get you back, Rodney. At least you get good contacts. I usually get people in my contact form saying, "You loser! How dare you write about uh, things? Please die!" Yeah, ditch. It's, it's very funny. <laughs> that's the risk you run when you're writing about the Snyder Cut. <laughs> oh no! The worst was talking about Cyberpunk 2077, a game that now everyone seems to agree is a mess, but like. Saying yeah. it was a mess beforehand, before it came out, it was like, oh, fuck you, how dare you? Now it's like, everyone's like, okay, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> it was a bit of a mess. Yeah. How dare you shit on something that I think I'm going to love, but I don't know that I actually love yet. I will tear down everything you love in return. <laughs> 
I know that I'm drinking out of a Taco Bell cup on this video. No, <laughs> no, no. I Taco I'm, Bell I'm drinking like I'm drinking like Earl. But there's some whiskey. This is, this is turmeric tea. It's not even over here. I'm having good Ooh, enough tea. Be careful, man. Turmeric stains everything. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm wearing a white, the most I'm wearing yellow. A, an off white cardigan. <laughs> I know it stains. Yeah, that's the most yellow. All right. So we've talked about two, so many things Star Wars, Marvel, Dominique Sky, uh, some voice actor who we hate, turmeric tea. Some voice actors that we like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Monica was there too. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Although I am still a little upset with her uh-huh. given the runaround. I'll tell you about the Monica story another time. That's fair. That's fair. You, Patreon.com slash Dragon Ball. Super dope. Uh, if you've gotten to the end here, thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure you rate and subscribe all the places where podcasts live. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Tell your friends. you got friends who like Dragon Ball or any of the other nerdy shit that we talk about. Let them know. That's how the show grows. And that's how we get um, you know, our most uh, loyal, appropriate listeners coming into the fold. So do your port. Help us grow the show. I just said that in the weirdest of fucking ways. Uh, anything that you want to plug before we hang up here, bud? Uh, if you if you uh, enjoyed my rambling, listen to the Pumpkin Core Horror Movie Podcast, the podcast where I invite cool people to talk about horror movies and stuff. Read Woo! my work on CBR. Follow me on Twitter. Um, obey my orders, please. Uh, it'd be really cool. I'm friendly. I'm nice, I guess. You know, so it's not, really, it's not much of an incentive, I guarantee it. Uh, we have some fun. It's all good. It's fun times ahead. All right. <laughs> That's yeah. It. No, I think that was perfect. Obey my orders. <laughs> Obey what I'm telling you, please. <laughs> Obey Anthony's order, please. <laughs> That's the best I got. I cut That's out a fine. syllable. No, it's fine. It. It's, it's sing-songy enough. I'll talk with you soon, man.